right. One, two, three. Did you clap? Yeah, it's on the way file. Okay, I will take your It was super masked, too. You should have... Oh, is that why it didn't come through on Zoom at all? And it sounded like you went... And like that was your clap? Yeah. Although that, according to my waveform, would also work as a clap, so... So that's what I'm going to do from now on is, is cough into the Just cough into the mic. Ooh, like I can do the good as it gets cough again. That was awesome. The good as it gets cough? Yeah, when he picks up the phone and answers the phone, uh, but he, he coughs into the phone first. I actually haven't watched that movie since uh, I saw it in theaters, I think. It used to be one of my favorite movies. I used to quote that from beginning to end. I just can't stand Jack Nicholson much, so... I, I used to love, I used to have a, a love for him, but I realized there are only three movies of his I really like, so. Well, there you go. Inclu- which is as good as it gets is one of them, so. Yeah, and Batman. And Batman, that's two. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed him in The Departed. I don't like The Departed. I like the way it ends. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'll like, watch that on repeat. It's so fucking snoozy. For the, and you're like, yes, the double cross. Look at them double crossing. Look at them go. Fuck you, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, and then you get to the end, and it's like, boom, boom, boom. Just heads exploding everywhere. It's fucking yeah. great. Yeah. Fucking great. Fuck all of them. <laughs> We got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, uh, uh, listeners, we think we're going to do this in two episodes. So let's go. <laughs> we're going to do it in two episodes. I'm not going three until we have the truly epic shit to deal with. Okay. Uh, we get that, into Infinity I, I think, War and Endgame. That's going to be three episodes. Each. I think this, this is epic. not. No, it's not. It's not. This is Buckaroo Banzai. This is not epic and worthy of three podcast episodes. I'm sorry. Is it wonderful? Yes. But I, I, my concern, my concern is if we spend three podcast episodes talking about this movie, it will make me hate this movie. Oh. And I will not forgive you for that. Oh, this is my favorite. How could you hate this movie? Because if you make me sit in it for three fucking weeks, I will hate it. Oh, okay. And then I will blame you. So does that mean you hate Civil War now? Yeah. Does that mean? Does that mean you're going to? I kind of hated it already, but yeah. Does that mean you're going to hate Infinity War and Endgame? Because those probably. Are, wow. But that's just because I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like not because the movies are worth hating, but because I just spent too much time in it and I need to move on. You know. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Anyway, so are we ready to introduce the show today? Yes. All right. So. Hey everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I almost said Star Wars, but I corrected it. Now I've said it and I undid that correction. Uh, Now I've thrown myself off. What do I say? Oh, my name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show and I swear to God, I'm good at this. I promise. All current evidence to the contrary. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> that was a train wreck go chris go uh <laughs> this is gonna be one of those episodes isn't it uh hey bitch, everybody go, bitch, go i am that homo 
everyone sexual everyone in this goddamn movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> god um and and stephanie hmm. hmm i thought it would be bigger same okay right oh oh and also stephanie what it's my birthday (laughs) when is your actual birthday bitch uh this sunday two days from now nice yeah nice um you're you're gonna do the disney oh yeah oh yeah yeah do you have special birthday ears for when you're at Disney on your birthday. You're making fun of me right now. And I'm it. not. I think you need special birthday years so that every cast member you come across knows it's your birthday. So um, I do love the ears, but I don't usually wear them around because my head is shaped in such a way where it hurts. Um, I do have a hat. But mm-hmm. uh, what you do is you go to Disney and you go to guest relations and you're like, hey, it's my birthday. And they give you a really cute button. Nice. And you wear the button and everybody at Disney treats you very, very nice. And it's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have to prove that it's your birthday? You have to show them ID or something? Technically, you can just walk in to say it's my birthday. But I don't do that most of the time because um, they will pay attention to you. Like, there will be people that go out of their way, walk across the street to say, hey, well, happy birthday. And this little introvert can't really take that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but on. Do you like. Pick and choose where in the park you actually wear the button because you do want attention from them. Like, oh, look, M'Baku's coming. Button. Uh, I have that button, like, front and center in Avengers nice. Campus and in Batu. So, absolutely. Uh, not so much in Frontierland. <laughs> <laughs> I Who don't... approaches you in Frontierland? Uh, a a whore. Uh, usually a whore? it's like a whore. It's Disney. Well, actually, what are you saying? I mean, they have. Uh, they used to have some very questionable shows back when uh, Disney launched. There's this, uh, there's this place called the uh, uh, Golden Horseshoe. Now it's like a, just a food establishment with a stage and somebody's usually playing piano. But back in the day, they had like vaudeville, western style women nice. uh, doing you know doing all kinds of dancing. And uh, let's just say that their skirts were a bit too short for the times. Ooh. Walt was a, was a kinky guy. Was a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So do you have anything before we get into why we're here today? No. Other than happy birthday, Chris. Thank you. Congratulations on leveling up. I am 40, almost 41. Here you go. Welcome to your 40s. It's a lot It's it's a lot of fun here. I know. I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm really enjoying my 40s. The, uh, the level of fucks that I give... <laughs> It's at an all-time low. <laughs> I just don't. Like, but I, I I do give a great deal of fucks about, like, the condition of the world or the fact that um, snow in California and a crazy storm ripping through Texas last night, shutting off power and tossing around tornadoes are signs that Mother Earth is sick of our shit and trying to shake us off like the flea infestation that we are. I give a fuck about shit like that. Social, social justice, um, terrifying legislation all across the United States. I give fucks about that. What I don't give fucks about is the opinions of men um, or or anybody really. Uh, who who is not um you know personally important to me you know i just don't, I, don't give, I don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck about petty shit anymore and it's very freeing so i think what you're saying is that you don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck <laughs> but i do give a fuck about this podcast oh my god we? all okay. right 
So, what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means we started with Captain America the First Avenger, and we have been some kind of verb for locomotioning through time since then, uh, and we find ourselves today <laughs> watching, talking about Thor Ragnarok. Dun, dun, I'm dun. Excited. I'm very excited. I fucking love this movie! Right? Um... So do you have, you have like a intro? Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> the end is nigh. Woo! Thor, Lord of Thunder and Sparkles, wanders the Nine Realms in search of the answers <laughs> to his visions. Will Thor discover the truth behind what lies ahead? Also, have you ever wondered why everyone has spikes and pointy edges off their helmets? Isn't that a bit impractical? What if it is windy and your helmet gets blown off, or you accidentally stab your friend when coming up the stairs? Hulk smash. What the? fuck is wrong with you uh that last bit was written by sir terry pratchett i felt like it was appropriate quote to use for the intro because of what we're talking about okay we'll talk about it we'll talk about it sure all right okay 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 and by the way everyone does have uh i was watching uh the first half with a friend of mine on my second rewatch and they were like everyone has pointy helmets and immediately that quote popped in my head like oh there it is oh yeah, and because Terry Pratchett is a key influence of the filmmaker, mm-hmm. it felt appropriate to use in the intro. That's why I did it. Boom. Okay, I'm done. You know what? Jokes are better when you have to explain them at length. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, so uh, before we get into the uh, the cinema, and this is cinema oh, yeah. that we're talking about today, cinema. let's talk about the behind the scenes, shall we? Yes. Thor Ragnarok. Is directed by Taika Waititi. A.K.A. my husband. Oh, my God. Can he... Look, it's not fair. No, you it's should not. Get to, you should get to be very, very talented or very handsome. Not both. And extremely <laughs> like, fucking funny. Yes. Like, and unbelievably funny. funny. And funny. There's so much of that in this movie. Fucking Tom Hiddleston. Shockingly hilarious. Chris Hemsworth goddamn comedic genius he like he just has a natural comedic timing why gentlemen must you all be a kate blanchett hilarious yeah like, e- even even Mar- anthony hopkins oh. gets a moment um uh, which we'll talk about very soon but yes. like yeah it, it's unbelievable. everybody is talented and beautiful and hilarious i love this movie yeah um it's not fair it's not fair <laughs> like, it's not fair like what Save some for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> it is sucking up all the oxygen out of my existence, right? So Right. I mean, I'll go ahead and bask in the glow, but like, could you shed some of it? Like what do I need what do I can I just breathe in the same air as you? Is that what it is? <laughs> is it is it New Zealand that's doing it? Is it that whole hemisphere? Because that's where most of these motherfuckers are from. Right. Probably. Anyway, hey, okay. Hey, I think before we get into the pre production, can we talk about where we were at before we saw this movie? Like, what do you mean? Like in 2017? Because I would like to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, by all means. Why are you asking for my permission? Just go. Okay. No, I just, you know, you were getting into the pre-production and stuff. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, I was not looking forward to watching this movie. I oh? ma- I managed to avoid most of the trailers. Um, this was during a time where I was, like, just traveling a lot and mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of time to, like, watch the YouTubes and all that kind of stuff. And so... I vaguely knew Kate Blanchett was going to be in this movie, and that was at the at this point the only reason why I gave a damn about it because oh, yeah. because I've been well, so disappointed. Dark World, yeah, 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 Dark World, exactly. I'm like, 
Ugh, another Thor fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I'll watch it because this is like directly the lead up to the next Avengers movie, which I quite frankly was more excited about. And right. I, but alas, I came out of the theater going, holy shit, is this my favorite Marvel movie? No, wait, mm-hmm. is this one of my favorite movies ever? Yes, really? it is. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, so come in the lead up to this movie, I uh, was not excited because, again, uh, Thor The Dark World had left a very bland taste in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but then I saw the trailer that showed, like, because the, the, the main trailer that they were showing was Thor in a gladiator, gladiatorial ring, Hulk comes charging out, and Thor goes, yes! I know him, he's a friend from work. That whole moment was yeah. in the trailer, and I was like, <gasps> recalibrate everything i thought i knew about what a marvel movie could do yeah but even like well god even by that trailer it doesn't capture how insane this movie is but i thought it was a really good snapshot because it's got all the crazy bright colors right the fucking randomness the bizarro humor that's just so goddamn great like they had tried they'd gone comedy before with ant-man right right and that was great yeah but this is a whole nother level. And it was very daring for them to like, on every level, for them to go into this color palette, which is one of the most, I think, comic accurate com- color palettes that they've had in Agreed. the movies so far. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's so insane. Uh, and, and just this fucking crazy ass humor. It's It was very daring for them to do it. Uh, it was definitely a recalibration. And not everybody liked it. Nope, nope, nope. This is a this is a divisive movie, mm-hmm. which which shocked me when I first. Uh, I don't actually. I don't know why at this point I should be shocked by what what everybody thinks on social media mm-hmm. right. at this point. But back in the day, I was shocked that pe- uh, people came out of it going, "It's too silly. It's too strange. Right. It's too weird." Uh-huh. When I was reading Thor comics for our our Dark World research. Um, mm-hmm. I discovered that a major, at least the ones I was reading, a majority of Thor comics is like Ragnarok, is like Love and Thunder. It's not serious and Hamlet right. and all this shit. It's it's really weird. It's really funny, mm-hmm. and that's Thor, and that's brilliant. And um, I feel like the MCU had done had done so much work to distance themselves from the comic book feel. To like really ground everything in reality that covering stuff like Thor, like they really had to, they had to build up to this. Right. Because they had to start with like the Kenneth Branagh of it all, the bleached eyebrows of it all (laughs) with the first movie and then start working their way up to being able to fucking cut loose. And then they had to find the people that were able to creatively bring it. Yeah, to the To the screen. Uh, Because they had shit that they wanted to do, like uh, the immigrant song. They wanted to use that in the first Thor movie. Oh. But it did not jibe with the feel of the movie, with with everything the director was doing with it. Um, I cannot... Try try right now, as a little thought experiment, picture Kenneth Branagh in your mind. Now picture him trying to listen to Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Does it work? Hark, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) I just picture him doing that very polite British pained expression of, hmm, mm -hmm, yes, that is in fact... The sound you've made, you know? Can, like, we, can we bloody get Enya in here instead? <laughs> <laughs> if I could have some decorative piano and a, a string quartet, you know, like, just no. Anyway, um, 
So yeah, I think um, I, I know people who don't like this movie. I don't like those people. Uh, yeah, th- those people aren't my friends. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, the, the, I feel like this movie is a really good sort of canary in the coal mine. Like it's a it's a good litmus test for people. Like so, uh, hey, let's talk about Marvel movies. A, if they're like, what? Okay, now we're not friends. But if you start talking about the movies and they don't like this one, well, but fucking- that was that was their concern with the first Thor movie. Is like, are we going to do a movie that's a lot more reflective of the comics? Or are we going to try to take a a different tone and back then Mm -hmm. marvel was afraid to go balls out they just were exactly and this is that movie where they like let's do it let's go but you know here we are like a dozen movies in yeah or more into the mc i can't i don't know i I only know know how i only know how many movies it's been since we saw loki because i deliberately counted that um so i don't i don't know we're so many movies into the fucking mcu we're in phase fucking three for fuck's sake yeah um at this point, and they're like, eh, eh, we're a goddamn juggernaut. People are going to see it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Do what you want. Now, we will talk when we get to Love and Thunder uh, about how letting that leash slip too far is maybe not the best thing. Yeah, uh, we we did. We briefly talked about that. and We'll talk more in detail when we get there. I don't know, two years from now. But I, 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 I do think there is such a thing as too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Somebody needs to say no. Just a little bit, just a li- just a little bit. I know. Anyways, could, wait. Could you say no to no to him? Could you? I could say no to anybody. Yeah, I I, yeah. Could, I couldn't. I couldn't. That's that's my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> You're a stronger person than me. No, I'm just contrary as fuck. <laughs> You're so aggressive. It's okay. true. It's true. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so getting back to Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Taika Waititi, um, his director. Look, his his fucking resume is everywhere. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's an actor. He's a director. Let's talk about his directing. Mm-hmm. He directed a short film called What We Do in the Shadows, Interview with Some Vampires. I love it. And that sort of got him on people's radar. He had been doing stuff just sort of around New Zealand because he's from New Zealand. Um but that and doing some work with Flight of the Concords really started getting him on people's radar as far as being a director. So then he got to make a movie in 2014 called What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was um, almost too weird, but I fucking love it. And then once he started getting into the MCU, he did the Team Thor one shots. Yep, yep, yep. As sort of a way of testing to show Marvel Studios that people actually do like this form of humor. I promise. I promise you. That they will laugh at this. And and we did. The one-shots were pretty divisive, just like the movie. But for the most part, they were enjoyed. So I, I loved them. So It remained to be seen if people could handle a feature-length film of that. <laughs> but it turns out Taika Waititi has a very good sense of pacing and 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 timing and, and how not to, at least in this film, how not to inundate it with the weird. Yeah. Just yeah. get to the weird when we need it. It's seasoning, not the main flavor. He would go on to direct Jojo Rabbit. Which is great. Which I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He plays a character named Adolf. (laughs) That's all we need to know. Uh, He did direct one episode of Our Flag Means Death, which is amazing. Everybody go watch that. Yeah, yeah. And he will go on to direct Thor Love and Thunder, which we will talk about later. He has three upcoming projects. He's got several upcoming projects, but three in particular I would like to call out. Um, An untitled Star Wars film. Oh, my God. Akira. Oh, my God. And Time Bandits. 
Yeah. Yeah. He He's is, doing time bandits. He's the only one that's allowed to touch time bandits. Exactly. Um, exactly. Time, time bandits is fucking weird. I trust Taika Waititi to do it. I did. Uh, and so does, uh, <laughs> what's his name that did it originally? Um, Eric Idle, I think? No. Um, Ooh, the director. Oh. Uh, he's like one of my favorite directors, too. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, I suck. Time Bandits is one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. It is so 80s and. Of all time. I heard what you did there. Uh, uh, I just got Get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the map. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, we're excited about Taika Waititi and all of his upcoming projects. Let's talk about who wrote this movie. Okay. So, first off, we have... So, I've learned, thanks to our patrons, I've learned something about the distinction when you see people credited for um, as a writer. Uh, when you see it in the credits, if it says the word and, when it's listing the writers, like, so-and-so and A-N-D, so-and-so, those two did not collaborate. Oh. They just both did some work writing on the film. But if you see them listed with an ampersand, so-and-so, ampersand, so-and-so, those two collaborated. Interesting. They actually I worked never knew together. that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of rules in, in Hollywood uh, about how people can be credited. I'm shocked. Yeah, like, there's, like, pay scale differences in if it says and or and with or special appearance by and shit like that. Anyway, so, Eric Pearson, who would be listed in the writings with an A-N-D after his name, he worked on his own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He didn't collaborate with the other two. Eric Pearson <clears throat> wrote multiple Marvel one-shots. We know this man's name because he wrote eight episodes of Agent Carter. Uh also, Godzilla vs. Kong, Black Widow. Ah! And he is writing on an upcoming Disney Plus series, Thunderbolts. Oh, yes. Likely because it features Yelena from Black Widow. I love that. And also, Marvel Studios seems to trust him with some of their more feminist content, and frankly, so do I. Yeah, yeah. The other two writers who did collaborate are Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost. Craig Kyle has written for a lot of animated Marvel stuff like Wolverine and the X-Men, Fantastic Four, World's Greatest Heroes. Okay. Oh. Christopher Yost wrote for those same animated projects. So I find it interesting that they pulled in guys who were used to writing for animation. Yeah. As opposed to just regular screenplays. Um, but Christopher Yost also wrote for Thor the Dark World. Um, and five episodes of Star Wars Rebels, one episode of The Mandalorian, one episode of The Bad Batch. And every single episode of the live-action Cowboy Bebop, which I loved, fight me. I haven't. I haven't watched it. I love it. But I never. Um, um, I never watched the animated version all the way through either. So my plan was was to watch the animation because I keep meaning to watch that. It's been long overdue, and then watch the live action. So I don't have time though. Anyway, I I I, I feel your disdain. I, I I feel it, uh, y'all. Good. Steph gave me like the ugliest face ever. She was so mad at me. If you would like to see that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Beavis podcast. Five bucks. How have you not watched Cowboy Bebop? How do we? How do we come up at the same time? How do we go to the same college? How do we skip the same classes because we stayed up too late the night before doing the same bullshit? And you did not watch Cowboy Bebop. It was it was Adult Swim. I should clarify. I have seen Cowboy Bebop. I consumed a lot of marijuana back then. <laughs> fair, fair. So 
I have no memory of this place, as Gandalf would say. I just, I just really, I really enjoyed the live action series, and I will personally fist fight anyone who wants to fight me about it. Uh, a friend of mine worked on it, so damn right, you Maybe. better, yeah. Anyway, do you have anything for pre-production? Uh, absolutely, uh, Steph. Have you heard the name Mark Mothersbaugh? I mispronounced. I'm not his last sure name. I've heard it now. Uh, he is the composer of the movie. He is one oh. of the founding members of a band called Devo. Whip it, whip it good. <laughs> whip it good. Yeah. Uh, Finish problems coming round, Chris. Uh, uh, Steph, you must whip it. Whip it good. Uh, Steph, he worked on. He actually worked. Did a lot of uh, film soundtracks and sh- uh, soundtracks for TV shows in the in the late eighties, early nineties. He did mostly cartoons like Super Mario World, oh. Liquid Television, Felix mm-hmm. the Cat. Um, a lot of Saturday morning cartoon shows. Hmm. hmm. And then, and then much later, he did a lot more uh, popular uh, live action television shows. Uh, also, movies like The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Never seen it. Uh, yeah. uh, he did the soundtrack for The Sims 2, which I played the shit out of. Um, <laughs> uh, Hotel Transylvania, How We Roll. All, actually, all the Hotel Transylvania movies. Um, nice. Yeah, Cars Tunes. So, yeah, he's done quite a lot. He's a very interesting selection. Uh, oh, and also, most notably, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Um, <gasps> I fucking loved Pee-wee's Playhouse. I know, right? <laughs> um, it's interesting that he got picked to do the soundtrack. He's kind of like came out of nowhere, left field. I've never really heard his compositions before. They're actually really good, but they're really Saturday morning cartoon flavored. Like, it's very zany and... And weird, um, especially in this soundtrack, a lot of electronica. Yeah. Um, well, if they were definitely leaning towards animation. I mean, between oh, yeah. the writers and now this guy. Like, that's that's a feel that they were going for. And they succeeded. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting pick. And once again, whip it good. Whip it into shape. Dun, 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 okay. Dun, 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 you dun. must whip it. All right. Are we ready? Into the movie. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Ready? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, so what I love is that at the very beginning, the Marvel Studios logo comes up, you know, like it does, and then it smolders away yeah, <laughs> into smoke, and we find ourselves in a smoky subterranean hellscape, <laughs> and there is Thor. He is chained up in a cage. Good for him. Uh, he is giving somebody, we don't know yet, a recap of his time on Earth, and this begins the script poking fun at every other appearance of Thor. Absolutely. In the MCU. And I fucking love it. He's like, ah, I was on Earth. I fought some robots, saved the world, went off in search of the Infinity Stones, didn't find any. And I love that because they cut that part out of the fucking movie in Age of Ultron. I know, right? So we're going to go ahead and bring that back in like it happened. So. <laughs> we're going to treat that like it's canon. <laughs> and then while he was out there in the cosmos, he found a, tra- a trail of death and destruction that led to him being in this cage talking to a skeleton. And the skeleton's like, uh-huh. No, it, it's mouth drops. <laughs> it's jaw drops off. Like do. do you think we're uh, going to be here for a long time? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a minute. Um, so all of a sudden, the bottom of the cage drops out, and Thor, who is wrapped up in chains, like yo-yos down. He falls yeah. and like... And he's still wrapped up in chains and dangling, all crooked at the bottom uh, of these chains. And we hear a deep laugh that I recognize. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <sighs> because that's Surtur. Mm-hmm. And he's being voiced by Clancy Brown. God damn it. I know. I recognized him I from the laugh. I know, right? I'm not so... Okay, so Steph. Hmm. Um, Surtur. Um, yeah. It's not right. 
Like I know what, that he's hot. I know, like literally he, hot, both literally and figuratively. Like <laughs> I, I, like again, like we get this more in the Star Wars podcast of people sitting in thrones, looking all kinds of hot and sexy. <laughs> but I think it's time to admit that we just have a power fetish. <laughs> I have a power fetish. I do. I do. And Surtur sitting there looking all sassy and mm-hmm. hot and. Mm. And, that and, well, and it doesn't voice. help that he's also voiced by Clancy Brown and the motion capture for Surtur was Taika Waititi. I love so that. So there's like a perfect storm of sexy happening around this character. So real quick, Clancy Brown is an American actor. He has over 300 acting credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because he does a lot of voice work. And when you do voice work, you can pop that shit out really quick. So um, highlights. He was in The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> just fun to say um he's the kurgan from highlander he's sergeant zim from starship troopers as far as his voice work he is lex luthor in most of the dc animation uh he's in a fantastic game called detroit become human Mm -hmm. goddamn delight he is savage oppress in star wars the clone wars and in spongebob squarepants that is mr krabs I never get tired of mentioning it. Never get that. tired of mentioning it. Never yeah. get tired of it. Okay. My favorite thing about this introduction to Surtur is that we set the tone for the rest of the movie right here. Absolutely. Because you hear Thor, son of Odin. Sasa, son of a bitch, you're still alive. <laughs> Have we ever heard Thor cuss before? Um, I was going to ask you, actually, w- have we heard people cuss at all up till Ragnarok? I want to say Civil War, maybe something, somebody said Every something. now and then they'll say like a damn or a, or a shit or something, but it is, I mean, it's certainly not up to our level of cussery, but. Oh no, fuck no, no. It starts here <laughs> and then Thor's is just dropping them. Yeah, it's like. Uh, and it's, oh, it's goddamn. Dark. I double checked the ratings. I was like, is this an R-rated movie? What's going on? It's not. It's PG-13. Yeah, it's bloodless, considering how violent it is. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Surtur turns out he is a sexy flamed, uh, flaming horned giant. uh, And he's hot, pun intended. And Surtur starts being all like, hey, so I'm Surtur. I can't die. I'm going to destroy Asgard. And Thor's like, you know, funny you should mention that. I've been having these dreams about (laughs) Asgard burning and you're in the middle of it. And Surtur's like, oh, my God, you've totally seen Ragnarok. Um, Only less. (laughs) I'm just excited that they're talking to each other. Surtur's not actually that excited. And he starts to try and, like, launch into a villain monologue about how he's going to be the fall of Asgard and blah, blah, blah. He gets interrupted because Thor is spinning. And he can't see him. He's like, oh, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I found no confirmation of this. I'm pretty sure that that actually happened. Because of the way Chris Hemsworth is hanging, he's off balance. So if you just let him hang there, he's going to start spinning because physics. Oh, you never you never saw the making of? I saw some behind the scenes stuff. Did this actually just happen? This is improv. Uh, there is a lot of improv in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taika Waititi is on the record as saying they probably improv and ad-libbed about 80% of the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. So this so. yeah, so th- this was like a uh, Chris Hemsworth was complaining. I can't see the the person in the costume. I need to be able to see them. And Taika was just like, go with it. <laughs> nice um so that is a fantastic gag and here's where i need to i need to set a boundary with us chris okay we are not going to joke we're not going to hit we can't we can't quote and hit every comedic beat in this movie no we cannot we can't y'all just go watch the movie it's fucking funny 
Yeah, I can't imagine anybody that listens to this podcast hasn't seen this movie, but in the off chance you haven't. Just uh, watch it. Watch it again if you've seen it before. It's so good. It's so good. But I just wanted to hit these beats in this scene because it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. If you came into this expecting Shakespeare Thor, you'll get a little of that because he, Chris Hemsworth is good enough to carry through his character consistently. But the movie, this is, this is the movie right here. If you cannot deal with son of a bitch and now I'm spinning, then you need to leave the theater. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. not the movie for you. Yeah. So, um, real quick then, Surtur is like, no, I'm totally going to destroy Asgard and stuff as soon as my crown is plunked down in the eternal flame. Then I'll get to my full strength and I'll be a giant and I'll stomp on Asgard. And Thor's like, oh, the eternal flame that Odin keeps locked up in the vault on Asgard. And that's when we find out that Odin's not on Asgard. Yeah, apparently this fire giant's like, yeah, he ain't even fucking there. You're not there at the throne. Um, Asgard is unprotected. Your enemies are gathering. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, setting the tone. This script is very good. Right? They're very good at like, here's, this is the mission statement of the rest of the movie. We're finding it all right now in this silly little scene. Absolutely. uh, Between, between Thor and Surtur. This is, and it's all going to loop back around, spoiler alert, to this guy. So the script is good it's solid a lot like guardians of the galaxy where it's fucking silly but the script is so goddamn good and and it's it will hit all the beats it will show you what you need to be shown it'll tell you what you need to be told uh can we can we quickly mm. talk about surter uh yeah yeah uh surter made his debut in journey into mystery number 97 august 1963 he is one of thor's oldest villains Uh, Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Thor did indeed do nothing but fire giants, fire giants, ice giants, etc. for a really long time. Uh, Yes, Because he's got to fight in his weight class, okay? Yeah, and Surtur is gigantic in the comics, uh, but Thor has no problem picking his ass up and slamming him. So Mm -hmm. I love that for his journey. Because he's the mighty Thor. Absolutely. Uh, He is a creation of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, uh, Thor is like, I'm going to bust out of here and stop you and you're not going to do the Ragnarok thing. Uh, and Surtur says, you cannot stop Ragnarok. Why fight it? And Thor says, because that's what heroes do. Ding. Ding. Catchphrase counter. Yeah. (laughs) It's only for this movie, but that's the catchphrase. Yeah. For here. Uh, and then he summons Mjolnir hilariously and a fight ensues. And then the Led Zeppelin plays. Yes! The immigrant song by Led Zeppelin comes ripping through this cavern along with a horde of demons and there's a dragon and it's fucking cool. He ultimately uh, knocks the crown, which is actually a giant eyebrow of horns. <laughs> off, off I of thought it was head. a really big eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Knocks that off. Uh, managed to get a hold of that. The hordes are coming. He calls Heimdall for an exit. But it doesn't come. There's a problem with that. Yes. We cut to Asgard, and a, a site that we are familiar with at this point, the gate for the Bifrost, the right. Rainbow Bridge. But we meet a handsome, bald, heavily armored man with oh a bizarre half-cockney accent. Oh my god. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing, Carl Urban? <laughs> uh, hopefully me. Uh, right? My god. Um, Anyway, he is in the process of saying that Heimdall was an idiot and he should have used the Bifrost to steal stuff from all of the realms. This is Scourge. Yep. Scourge is being played by Carl Urban. 
My other husband. Oh my god, I'm married to everybody in this movie. I know, it's not right. It's not oh, right. Thank you, Taika Waititi, for assembling this cast for us, because my god. Carl Urban, born in New Zealand, he has a lot of TV experience. He was Cupid and Julius Caesar in both Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> Uh, we may all know him best as Aemir in the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. He was also Bones in the Star Trek movies. He's also in the Chronicles of Riddick, which is excellent. He's in Riddick, which is terrible. He's in Doom, Dread, yep, which is surprisingly amazing. It, that's and a fun time. This is a fun nowadays, time. you can see him in The Boys as the sexily unhinged Billy Butcher. And I love him too. Oh a my lot. God. Yeah, I'm almost I fully love- caught up on that show. I love um, Billy Butcher a little too much. A little too much, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about his character real quick. Yes, please. Uh, Scourge, a.k.a. The Executioner. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, he made his first appearance in Journey into Mystery number 103, April 1964. He is a creation of Stanley and Jack Kirby. Oh, wow. uh, he was much. He came out of the gate much more of an antagonist to Thor, uh, more so than in this movie. Uh, he had uh, a really crazy-ass love affair with the Enchantress, which does not age very well, I will say. Oh, no. Uh, No, not at all. And then uh, much, much later, there was a suggestion that he had a love affair with Loki, which is kind of interesting and random, but I'm I'm here for that. Anyway, he's an asshole. Um, He does terrible shit to Thor all the time. Does he have powers in the comics? Because he's just an Asgardian here. Uh, he was originally depicted as someone that wielded a magic double-bladed battle axe. Uh, he is a powerful warrior, extremely strong. Uh, okay. With the help of... of, of uh, he was an original member of the Masters of Evil, which is a super oh. group that fought Thor. Um, but no, he's just extremely powerful. He does eventually get magic powers through his love affair with the Enchantress. I don't know oh. how that works. I guess if you <clears throat> stick your dick in it, you get magic. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's like an STI. But magic. But ma- <laughs> How do you think you get the herp? <laughs> Same way. Just less magical. Why does it burn down there? And why can't I also cast magic missile? <laughs> you fucked the enchantress. <laughs> you fuck- <laughs> or actually, it's more likely that he gave it to her. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be honest. I figure she pegged him. Hey. Okay, hey. okay, okay. So anything else about Scourge from the comments? No, that's it. Cool. Um, so he is, he's got a couple of ladies he's entertaining and he's uh, explaining how Heimdall was an idiot. He should have used the Bifrost to rob from the nine realms. And he goes, Behold my stuff. <laughs> and he literally just has a pile of stuff. Yeah. And, um, I will make a note. He does have two assault rifles that he got from a place called Texas. <sighs> hey, Steph, how Those do you feel about later. being known as uh, living in a place where uh, there are uh, assault weapons roaming openly and freely all over the streets? I bet you feel good about that. That's not inaccurate. Yeah, so, I know it's not inaccurate either. Anyway, meanwhile, Thor is still fighting hordes and running from a dragon and there's no Bifrost. He, did you notice he pins the dragon down at one point by just dropping Mjolnir into its mouth? Into <laughs> his mouth, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> like, that was great. Um, and he's yelling for Heimdall. Finally, one of the girls in the Bifrost Bridge room is like, um, Scourge, is that important? <laughs> While Scourge is doing a shake weight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I uh, I press pause and replay on that scene. but uh, How is that not the most heavily photoshopped image from this movie? Is what uh, I want to know. That's that's it. I'm not saying this. Go. I'm not saying this. My desktop backdrop right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, Scourge opens the Bifrost while Thor is flying away and about to get eaten by a dragon. The Rainbow Bridge, boom, right in the middle, covers the whole screen, and we see the title card, Thor Ragnarok, burned into the ground. (laughs) Here we are. We're in this movie now. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, so the poor, <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, so the gate opens. The girls are like, "Oh, what's coming?" And Thor shows up. Then there's a head, and then there's a the wave, severed head of the dragon. And then there's a wave of just green, disgusting mud goo, which I assume <laughs> to be the dragon's blood. Yeah, it's gore. <laughs> I love it. Splashes all over the girls and Scourge. Uh, and Thor's like, who are you? <laughs> Where's Heimdall? <laughs> and here's where we find out that Heimdall has been declared a traitor and is a fugitive from the throne um, because Odin charged him with negligence of his duties. Hmm. Thor, Thor's like, uh-huh. Okay. He flies off and Scourge is like, I'm supposed to announce your arrival. Ah, and he has to jog after him. Yeah, he can't fly. Because he can't fucking fly. <laughs> On Thor's way into town, he sees a giant golden Loki statue. Hmm. And then... <sighs> He rolls up on a community theater production (laughs) of the tragedy of Loki of Asgard. (laughs) Odin is kicked back, eating grapes, fucking loving it, saying the lines along with them. Let's talk about the cast for this production, shall we? A play within a play, which, by the way... uh, Yes. uh, uh, I read an interview with Taika where he was saying, I I want to do this scene so bad. I know that there were so many different... Shakespearean influences of, of, uh-huh. of Thor up to this point. Yes, I absolutely, exactly. Uh, I realized my movie wasn't really going to have as much of that, so we added this play within a play, play scene. Within- yeah. <laughs> That's so brilliant because the play within a play is definitely a Shakespeare thing. Oh, absolutely. It's in Hamlet. It's in Midsummer Night's Dream. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's, uh, I fucking love it. Okay, so the actors playing the characters, the, ac- the actors playing the actors playing the characters <laughs> in the role of Thor in this little stage drama that we're doing. That's Luke Hemsworth. My God. That's Chris Hemsworth's brother. <laughs> who is a goddamn delight all by himself. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, he's the shortest Hemsworth, which to me means he's the most climbable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say no to any of them. You go watch Westworld and see if you don't fall in love with oh, him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In the role of Loki, uncredited that is Matt Damon. I love that. And his presence here is explained by Taika Waititi saying, well, if I was Loki, I would want there to be a play about my life. And then I would cast a super famous actor to play me. <laughs> and this is this is a thing Matt Damon does, though. He just has uncredited cameos everywhere. Just there's it, go to TikTok and just do a search for surprise Matt Damon. Yeah. Because there's a lot of videos about, surprise, here's Matt Damon somewhere you didn't expect him and wouldn't know unless you recognized his face because he's not credited. He just shows up in movies. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I remember him in an interview saying he has a problem saying no. And also he remembers being – he remembers struggling and asking for favors and people mm-hmm. saying no to him. And he didn't want to be that guy. Right. Um, also playing playing Odin. That's Sam Neill. <laughs> Jurassic Park Sam Neill Sam Neill <laughs> Dr. Alan Grant What? Oh, damn it I know Anyway um, The melodrama comes to its melodramatic conclusion The crowd gives it a standing The crowd is riveted oh, By yeah. the way and Thor's looking around like The fuck is this Kool-Aid It comes to the end There's a, a standing ovation Then Thor steps forward Looks at Odin and goes Father And Odin goes Oh shit 
Can I, Sir Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> I know. Uh, can I call out Sir Anthony Hopkins acting in the scene? The he's way so he is sitting there and he's eating the grapes and all of his gestures. Uh, there was that one part during a play where uh, they mentioned, uh, uh, look, the person playing Loki mentioned, I'm sorry for turning you into a frog. And uh, Odin says, Twas indeed hilarious. Like, yeah. like the way he's talking is totally different. Like, it's a big... Uh, if you don't remember the post credit scene from uh, Dark World... It's Loki. It's Loki. And he's yeah. acting like Loki, and it's perfect. It's it's uh, amazing. Yes. Amazing. Sir Anthony Hopkins is doing an amazing job playing Loki, just enjoying the shit out of himself. Right. And it's really good. Because, spoiler alert, that's Loki. That's Loki. Yeah. And we get, you know, Thor already fucking knows. He already fucking knows. And he does a whole gag with throwing the hammer really far away and then putting his hand on the back of Odin's head. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, like, the hammer will come back to me even if your face is in the way. And he relents and Loki drops the illusion and the crowd is all gasp. Um, it was Loki all along. And, uh, <laughs> it's been a minute since we've seen Loki. I know, right? I was shocked at how happy I was to see him. Uh, and th- yeah, this is like Loki's, uh, this is finally we- where we get to the point where Loki starts to get likable. and Where Loki gets Loki? Yeah, Loki actually of just gets like, Loki. Like, I'm just a, a, an emo scene-chewing villain. No, he's right. actually like a trickster now. Yeah. Um, so here's how long it's been since we've seen him. Okay. okay. In the release order, the last time we saw Loki was four years and eight movies ago. Wow. In chronological order, it's been 10 movies and 20 podcast episodes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, I love that. uh, One quick note on the reveal. I love that they they cut to the actors. And in shock at seeing that it's Loki, Sam Neill rips his eye patch off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, scene stealer, I see you. I know, right, right. (laughs) And then right at this pinnacle moment of confrontation, Scourge runs in and announces, I present to you Thor, son of Odin. It's right there. (laughs) Um, Loki's all pissed. He's like, you couldn't fucking stay away. Everything's fine. Asgard's fine. What the fuck? And Thor's like, where's father? Did you kill him? Right. And Loki's like, no, I know exactly where he is. Boom. Bye, Frost. We have traveled to Midgard, a.k.a. Earth. Mm -hmm. We are in New York City. And the brothers, Odin, are standing on the sidewalk. They're wearing street clothes. They have very different ideas of what street clothes are. Uh, Loki looking mighty nice in that black suit, though. Mm. Yeah, black on black suit. Yeah. That's very nice. Thor, also looking very nice in, like, jeans and a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he's got an umbrella. And they are looking at the Shady Acres care home, which is in the process of being demolished. (laughs) Yeah. And they, they have a quick chat here on the sidewalk uh, because Thor's like, are you fucking kidding me? You put him in an old folks home and it's being demolished now. And now you don't know where he is. I can't believe you're alive. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, because they haven't had the moment that up to this point. Thor thought Loki was dead. He actually. Exactly. He seriously mourned him. They haven't. Thor didn't even sit around and wait to have the talk of like, I can't believe you're fucking alive. You faked your yep. death. You fucking asshole. They went right to New York. They went straight to New York to it, try and find right. Odin. So and, here we are. And now Thor is going to ha- give it to Loki. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. 
They don't have time to talk about it, though. And this is this is consistent. They keep getting interrupted and yeah. unable to discuss this issue uh, throughout the movie until much, much later. Yeah. Um, but they get interrupted by some fangirls that want to take a picture with Thor. And they're like, sorry to hear Jane dumped you. Um, <laughs> Loki's, he's like, I dumped her. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was mutual, mutual dumping. Loki's face throughout that moment, by the way, y'all go back and watch it. His face is a journey. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why do people like my brother? It's a whole thing. Then suddenly around Loki's feet, a sparkly magic ring starts to glow. And Thor's like, what the fuck? And Loki's like, it's not me. I'm not doing this. And suddenly, ah, he's gone. (laughs) He drops through the ground and there's a little paper card left on the sidewalk. And God bless Thor and his himbo self. He's like, Loki, poke, poke. Like Loki turned himself into a piece of paper. Well... It's possible. It's possible. It's not the most absurd <laughs> thing that Loki's done. Yeah. Uh, but no, the card actually has uh, 177A Bleecker Street, the address for the New York City Sanctum Sanctorum. Huh. And I just, side note, I didn't have this trouble when we were doing the notes for Doctor Strange, but I had it here every time. I tried like four times to type the word Sanctorum, and it kept coming out Santorum. Oh. It's not my fault. Yeah, it is. It's not my Because you type that you typed that word in a lot, I'm sure. Shut up. Yeah, see? Anyway, so <laughs> Thor goes to the sanctum and do you think you can quickly go through the scene? No. Cool. All right, so it's me. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, uh no, uh so he shows up, um uh Thor then is suddenly teleported into the area and I found the teleporting, by the way, to be very jarring. It was hard for me to take notes to keep track because he gets moved around a lot, but well, Thor uh, can't keep track either, so that's that's appropriate. Yeah, so uh, Doctor Strange is there. He has his classic, I am hovering with my cape, looking badass entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Thor is like, oh, so Earth has wizards now, which I have in my notes, LOL. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Doctor Strange is like, I am Doctor Strange. Thor is like touching stuff in here and breaking things with everything he's touching. <laughs> because he's a bull in a china shop. Why would you bring the son of Odin, the god of thunder, into your museum full of artifacts? Yeah. And so eventually Thor gets sat down. We've seen the scene before because this is the post credit mm-hmm. scene from the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, Thor has a cup of tea and he's like, I don't drink tea. And then suddenly it turns into uh, a stein of beer, which can refill. Yes. Once again, I want that. Can I have that, please? <laughs> no. And so you cannot be trusted with that. No. So, so Stephen Strange is like, so why did you bring Loki here? Because like, if you recall, he did that whole thing with New York with the aliens that was bad. Yeah, he's kind of a terrorist. <laughs> we do not want him. <laughs> so uh, Thor, Thor explains they're here. They're looking for Odin. And um, uh, Doctor Strange is like, so if you can find Odin, you'll leave. But I should let you know, he doesn't want to be disturbed. Right. And what? I love the idea of this, that Odin's here, and Strange showed up and was like, hi, so you're a god? Yeah. Can we have a quick chat? I just want to know your intentions with my realm. Yeah, yeah. If you could, please. Because I'm supposed to be, I'm I'm protecting this planet from mystical threats, and you are super that. Um, I just love that they clearly had a conversation, and this is where I actually start to enjoy Strange a lot more. Because he's really good at being a powerful, smart-ass, super-competent NPC right. in other character stories. He's the quest giver. Exactly. Yeah, right. And he's also the NPC that you go to to be like, hey, super powerful thing that I need done? And he's like, okay, cool, I just did that. Yeah. You know, like, he's 
he's really good as a supporting character and in, in other adventures. And by the way, that's generally his role in the comics too. Like, you know, uh, somebody mm-hmm. gets into trouble and like, shit, we need Strange's help. And then they have to deal with Strange and it's like, ugh. But th- he'll do yeah. the thing for them. Yeah. And But he's really good at it. Yeah, he like, is. Just knowing that he already knows exactly where Odin is and he's already had a whole conversation with him and everything. Like, minor competency boner for Strange. Yeah. Like, hmm. So Thor is annoyed he didn't get told about any of this. And uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange is like, I didn't have your phone number. Thor asks, <laughs> do you have email? Uh, and Strange is like, you have an email? And, and Thor says, no, what for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. What? Like, you don't even have a computer. And that is a callback to the Team Thor. One shot. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, Doctor Strange has a way where he can find Odin for him, so he checks his books. Thor is still being moved around. Uh, Doctor Strange needs a lock of Thor's hair. Thor starts to protest, but unfortunately, Doctor Strange takes it anyway. Right. And then he constructs some kind of ritual and creates a portal where we see this beautiful green vista cliffside. and In Norway. In yeah. Norway. And... Uh, Doctor Strange is like, oh, yeah, don't forget your umbrella, which Thor left upstairs. And so uh-huh. Thor calls the umbrella, which is actually Mohinder. Uh, we hear this. Baby. Yeah. What's the the umbrella's name? Mohinder. Uh, did I mispronounce it again? You called it Mohinder. Yeah. I mis- I- it's Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Sorry. I love you. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Mjolnir. Uh, uh, we hear the sounds of crashing and breaking. Doctor Strange uh, stands there because... There was he knew there was going to be no what are you other, gonna do no other what way. What are you fucking gonna do? <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna have to clean it up after. And thank God for magic. Uh, right. Uh, Thor has his umbrella, and uh, he also needs his brother. This is my right. favorite part of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Doctor Strange is like, sure, snaps his fingers. Loki falls out from the sky, flops onto the floor, and declares, "I have been falling for thirty minutes." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it too. Now, the first time I saw this movie, I missed entire portions of the movie because I was ugly laughing multiple times. Uh, yes. I had to see Ragnarok at least three or four times in the theater just to see every single scene because it right. triggered me. It triggered me hard. And this was the scene that broke me. I had like to, Happy trigger. Happy trigger. Happy trigger. I The first time I saw it, I had to excuse myself, go into it's the like bathroom. like a laugh clitoris. <laughs> Lefterous. I was laugh-gasming. Laugh, laugh prostate. There we go. Hilarostate. Huh? What? Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to invent new lexicon for this idea. Go yeah. on. Anyway, I had to excuse myself. Go ugly cry in the uh, or or funny cry in the in the bathroom, and I missed the entire Hella introduction scene after. <gasps> right. Baby. But I couldn't. Like I didn't want to keep bothering people, but that part just killed me. It like it, <laughs> it rocked me. It's, it makes the giggles, which is why it's so great to watch it on streaming. Just pause. Uh, thank God, because uh, yeah, like so you know we we only uh, spoiler we're only covering the first half, which is about an hour. Right. Um, it took me a good three hours to get through this movie on the rewatch. It's fucking great. <laughs> so uh, Loki is pissed that he's been falling for thirty minutes. He decides he's going to attack the random wizard that he sees in front of him. Uh, pulls his daggers, launches himself at him, and Strange is like, "Okay, bye bye," and then sends them both to Norway. And boy, does Strange seem very competent with his magic now, don't you think? Well, he's got some extra gray hairs, too. Yeah. At his temples. He's looking good. Look, seriously. NPC strange, not main character strange. He's a lot hotter. Yeah. I still I still have, like, this lingering meh towards him yeah. from 
from Doctor Strange because this is chronological order. But if we were watching this in release order, we would have had some space in between these. So Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we find ourselves on the grassy, windswept cliff shores of Norway. There's Odin. Uh Uh-oh. Just standing there at the edge of the cliff, looking out over the water. And I notice Loki doesn't say a fucking word this whole scene. No. Loki, who is normally Tony Stark levels of hyperverbal, nothing to say. I think that's a really interesting script choice. I, I, well, there is guilt on his face and worry and concern. Tom Hiddleston's doing a whole conversation with his face. And he can do that because he's that kind of an actor. Because he's that fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, they walk up and, and Odin's like, hi, we're here to take you home. And Odin says really reassuring things like, your mother, she calls me. <laughs> really okay. reassuring. So, um, quick reminder, Frigg is dead. <laughs> so Aww. that's been, he sits the boys down for a chat and they have to help him sit. And this is the first time in the MCU that Odin feels old. Yeah. Yeah. And it, he definitely feels like his power is waning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's explaining to them, look. Boys, his time has come, and Ragnarok mm-hmm. is happening. And he right. held her back for long enough. It was his his existence was the only thing keeping her away. Who? Who are you talking about? Who? Who could what? it be? Yeah. Uh, then he just straight up tells them, Goddess of Death, Hela, a firstborn, your sister. What? Who? <laughs> yeah. There was somebody he had before who was too violent for Odin. He couldn't control her, so he locked her up and then didn't tell anybody about her ever again. So, uh, oh. so I have it in my notes. Um, so I guess the MCU universe has the same problem as uh, Star Wars. There's no such thing as therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hela would never have benefited from therapy. Never. She seems pathological to me. Um, also, she anyway. loves herself the way she is, and how are you going right. to argue? And with you know that? what? I support that. I support her. Yeah. So um, he's like, "You guys need to stop her uh, after I'm gone because once she gets to Asgard, where she draws her power, she will be completely limitless." And Thor's like, "Don't be silly. We will stop her together." And Odin's like, "Nope. I'm on a different path now. I'm going to face this alone." And he says, "I love you, my sons." <laughs> and he also <laughs> tells him, "Remember this place," and, yeah. and says the word "home." Yeah. And then he forced ghosts out of there, turning into golden sparkles. As one does, storm clouds begin to gather because Thor is having big feelings. Yeah. And he's the god of fucking thunder. And I'm I'm deeply upset because I loved Odin. I recognized Odin's flaws. He's an ass. Yeah. Well, he's still Anthony fucking Hopkins, and I love him. I am upset for Thor and Loki. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have time. They don't have time. Nobody has time to have feelings because Thor Thor barely has time to turn to Loki and be like, this is all your fucking fault. <laughs> when we are interrupted by a dark portal starting to form behind them. Ooh. They do magical shit to transition into their, out of their street clothes, into their hero garb. And like, where's that spell for me? Right. Can I just like, I just like slam a hammer into the ground and boom, I'm all prettified. Can we do that? <laughs> uh, uh, summon makeup. Yeah. S- summon hotness. Su- summon not yoga pants. <laughs> S- summon underwire bra. <laughs> like, my requirements for a transition to publicly presentable magnificence are really low. Yeah, right, right. Uh, anyway, this lovely black and green lava lamp portal opens because it is. It's like bloop, bloop, bloop. It is a lava like lamp, yeah. Little- 
blobules in there, and from it emerges the first opening salvo in a three-pronged attack on 2017 me's presumptive heterosexuality. Right? <sighs> Seriously. Uh, this movie was an awakening for 2017 me. Just saying. Um, I have always loved her. Uh, it is why I can't say I am all the way gay. I def- <laughs> There are definitely many a women um, I am extremely attracted to. One of those women at the very top of my list is Kate Blanchett. Yeah. So Kate Blanchett, but it's not even just Kate Blanchett. No, it's her as Hella. It's my God. It's, it's goth Kate Blanchett. Right. With like smeared smoky eye makeup and long black hair and like a, a tattered skin tight black and green suit. Um, ma'am. <laughs> right. And, so, and the way she talks. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. She's got like a much lower voice. Yeah. She's got this deeper register. Okay, so real quick, Kate Blanchett. She is an Australian actress. I and most of us know her best as Galadriel from the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Yep, that's where I first I, met her. I love her best in Ocean's Eight. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. That one, that one will fuck with your heterosexuality too. If you're a girl, just saying. If you're if you're a femme of any kind, if you think you only like men. Go watch Ocean's 8 and tell me if you're not changed by the end of it. <laughs> My God. She has been in a lot of movies with really long names. You ready? Here we go. Yep. The Talented Mr. Ripley, Notes on a Scandal, Elizabeth, The Golden Age, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The House with a Clock in Its Walls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and How to Train Your Dragon the Hidden World. Yep. Sounds <laughs> about right. Lots of long names. <laughs> She's been in a lot more than that, but those were the ones that I thought were funny. And since this is technically a comedy podcast, that's what I included. I love it. Uh, there you go. Would, would you like to know about the comic book character? Please tell me about Hella from the comics. Uh, Hella first made her debut, Journey into Mystery, number 102, March 1964, the issue before the Executioner, by the way. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, she is the goddess of death, and she is also one of Thor's uh, biggest nemeses. Uh, mm. She did actually kill Odin several times. Nice. <laughs> Odin never stayed away. She also killed Thor several times. So there you go. She's a very powerful character. Um, she doesn't, you know, I couldn't find in the comics that her ability to summon um, blades and shit. She does magic mostly. But sure, mm-hmm. why not? What's to stop her? Yeah. What's to stop her? What's to stop her, really? Nothing, Nothing at all. Anyway, she's, she's a badass. Brilliant. I love her in the comics. Uh, and. Uh, I love her in the movie. That's it. Yeah. So she steps out and Thor is like super cautious, right? And he says, you must be Hela. I'm Thor, son of Odin. And she goes, really? You don't look like him. (laughs) And then Loki goes, perhaps we can make an arrangement. She's like, you sound like him. Yeah. Yeah. And then she tells them to kneel. And Loki's like, I beg your pardon. And she says, kneel. Before your queen. And my pants fell off. I, I legit kneeled in front of my TV. Off! <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, Thor fucking throws her ha- his hammer at her and she catches it. So ding on the surprise I stopped your punch counter. Right. <laughs> she catches Mjolnir. And Thor's like, that's not possible. And she says, darling, you have no idea what's possible. And then she fucking shatters Mjolnir. That's a hell of an intro. Oh, my God. 
What I love about this movie is it adjusts the power level in a way that none of the previous movies have been able to do. Like, Phase 3 has been trying really hard to scale up the power level. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we are scaling up from fighting Chitauri on the streets of New York. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're scaling up from, you know, Nazis. You know, and it's, so it's getting more and more cosmic. This movie did a really good job by having the new antagonist completely fucking destroy the deus ex machina hammer that we've had floating around the mcu up to this point and also in so doing completely destroy what we most identify thor with so now and what thor most identifies himself with yeah yeah that that hammer was a part of him just like uh you know, his eyes and or- a heart, your lungs, etc. It was yeah, part of him. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that later. But in this one move, in this one moment, this script managed to very efficiently escalate the threat level in the entire MCU, not just in this movie. Agreed. And uh, drastically change this hero's perspective on himself and force him to now go on a journey to relearn who he is. Fucking brilliant. I love it. I love it. Anyway, she's super scary, and uh, Loki reacts to that in the um, best way possible, the most practical way possible. He calls for the fucking Bifrost. Get me the fuck out of here, he said. And and Thor's like, no, but they go. And the Bifrost, they're traveling in the Bifrost. She chases them into the fucking Bifrost. Of course she does. By the way, at this point, she's got, like, her crazy goth antlers yep. on. Yep, her spikes, her helmet spikes. That's super fun. Yeah, the spiky helmet. There you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. An hour later. I get it now. <laughs> that was such a good joke, Heather. I know. <laughs> she, traveling through this Bifrost, kicks Loki out. Yeah. And then tangles with Thor for a little bit, then kicks him out. They've been kicked out of the Bifrost. Who fucking knows where they are? And I didn't even know but you could she- do that. She arrives at the Bifrost Gate on Asgard. Who's holding the sword? Oh, I forgot who was holding it. It was one that looks like uh, one looks like a dwarf. Okay, what that is the return of Ray Stevenson as Volstag. Um, and also Fendril is there. That's the return of Zachary Levi, who apparently is out of his mind, but he's also returned as Fendril. But we don't have to worry about him for long because she just murders them. Yeah, I have my notes. Oh, yay! We get to see them throughout the whole movie. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> she just kills them right Outright. meanwhile scourge who was off to the side mopping up dragon gore yeah uh, sees her sees her murder two of the heroes of asgard he takes he drops to one knee and he's like i'm just a janitor yeah <laughs> <laughs> in his full plate armor right she's like you seem like a smart boy with good survival instincts good job good <laughs> like, and jesus yeah and she strikes a villain pose staring at asgard all right meanwhile we sweep out into the cosmos of all of the realms. Thor is plummeting out of a portal into a giant junkyard. Yes. A junkyard littered with many portals that are all just sort of farting junk. Yes, they all look like anuses. Which yeah, is and it? there's one that's gigantic yes. off in the distance. And we'll just fucking we'll save that gag for the second part. Um Yes. Yeah, but there's a lot yes. of shit falling. In fact, when Thor falls down to the ground, he's like he's taking a moment to look around and then looks up and there's more shit falling and he has to get the hell out of the way. Right. <laughs> and he sort of dodges that. He climbs up on top of some of the fucking junk. And this junk is really cool. It's like broken pieces of ships and stuff. It all looks very faded and aged. And there's like 
corpses of animals and things and like it's a fucking junkyard yeah so i i read uh interviews about this they legit uh have pieces of not just previous marvel movies uh but any anything they could find uh Mm -hmm. Just wrecked pieces of set from uh, whatever movie was filming at the time at the same studio. That's all the stuff that's laying around. Because it would be there. Yeah. Because this is Sakaar. Yeah. Hey. Sakaar is is like the... Yeah. Do you have information about Sakaar? I do. Wouldn't you know? Hey, Sakaar made its debut in The Incredible Hulk volume, uh, volume 2, number 92, in February 2006. Uh, Sakaar take uh, is the setting of an extremely important storyline. Uh, Steph, you may have heard of the Planet mm-hmm. Hulk uh, story. I hear that name associated with this movie all the time. Yeah. Uh, so there was great concern when Sakaar got announced as the setting for the movie because people were like, but, but... That should be a Hulk story. Planet Hulk. There are many Hulks. Yeah, there are all but these they Hulks. don't fucking own Hulk. They can't do a Hulk movie. Right. Exactly. Sony still owns Hulk. Right. Right? Uh, I thought it was Universal. Some, somebody still owns Hulk. Somebody not the MCU. Right. So, right. so they, they, ha- they can only use him as a side character. So yeah. So we won't go into the Planet Hulk stuff because it se- sounds like they're still going to do it in the future very soon. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? But uh, what is Sakaar in the comics is pretty identical to what is in the movie. It is the uh, center of the universe in terms of where all the trash will end up. (laughs) Nice. It's the garbage disposal of the universe. It is the garbage disposal of the universe. Now, Sakaar was mentioned before uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. They mentioned the Sakaarans a few times in the script. Oh, okay. And so Mm -hmm. that is its first reference, actually. Nice. Okay, okay. So... Uh, he is Thor standing there sort of, he's, he observes what looks like skyscrapers, like a city made out in the distance across this junkyard. A spaceship lands nearby him and these weird dudes that look like Mad Max meets Miyazaki step out <laughs> and they ask him if he's a fighter or if he's food. And he's like, I'm just passing through. And they're like, it is it's food. food. So they try to attack him. Poor Thor tries to summon Mjolnir. Oops, he forgot. Yeah. Mjolnir's dead. Um, so he gets into a fist fight. They throw a glowy net on him and they, they're, they're fucking kicking him on the ground and stuff. And then another ship swoops in and it lands and the, the ramp drops, which is really cool. And then out from the ship emerges the very drunk second salvo in the three pronged attack on my presumptive (laughs) sexuality. It's the Valkyrie. Yep. She drains her bottle, tosses it, and says, he's mine, and then immediately falls off the ramp. She's drunk. So, if you want him, you go through me. But we've already got him. All right, then. I guess I go through you. She's got these gauntlets that connect to the guns mounted on her ship, and she just fucking slaughters all of them. Again, the the first time I saw this movie, when she fell off the ramp, I had to once again (laughs) excuse myself. Uh which is just insane. About died. How f- I died. I- About fucking died. Uh, so she she goes up. Thor frees himself from the net. She goes up to him and he's like, thank you. Uh, and she shoots him with like a little disc on his neck, tases him and drags him to the ship. And then he sort of comes to on the ship and she's radioing and she's, she's calling herself Scrapper 142. She's asking for an audience with the boss. Thor's like, you can't do this to me. I'm the son of Odin. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, your majesty. And hits a button and tases him again. Yeah. And she's flying into a skyscraper. So this is the Valkyrie. Um, she's being played by Tessa Thompson. My God. 
<sighs> Queen of my heart. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson is an Afro-Latina actress born in Los Angeles, California. Hey. I first I first saw her in Creed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's in all the Creed movies. She's amazing. Um, she's been in a lot of TV roles. She was in Cold Case, huh? Veronica Mars, Heroes. Oh, well, who's back she, in the who day, she yeah, Heroes? several episodes. I don't remember. Yeah, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. That's all I remember. <laughs> As far as other projects, she was in uh, Dear White People, Selma. She's the voice of Lady in the live-action Lady and the Tramp. She's magnificent in Westworld. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's in a movie called Annihilation with Natalie Portman, with whom she will work again in Thor Love and Thunder. She is also in multiple Janelle Monae music videos. Yep. Y'all, if you like beautiful women doing beautiful, talented things... Go go watch go watch Tessa Thompson and Janelle Monae music videos. Uh, Janelle Monae is non-binary. Sorry, correct me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, if you like beautiful people yeah. doing beautiful, talented things, go watch the video- those videos. Uh, God damn. Uh, yeah. So, quick Janelle Monae story. Um, oh God. It was uh, South by Southwest, and a mutual friend of ours invited me to go with her to go see. It was somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but they canceled very last minute. In fact, that day they canceled. And Janelle mm-hmm. Monet was going to be the replacement headliner. Um, uh, Wiz Khalifa played before, and uh, my friend was not prepared for a hip hop show. Um, uh-huh. It was not her thing, and it was that part was kind of hilarious. But we're we're sitting there waiting. Uh, there's hardly anybody at the club. No one knows Janelle Monet at this point, and, and I kind of mm-hmm. felt bad about that situation. And then the show starts. Janelle Monet, who is five feet tall. They come out on stage and their presence was like, it didn't matter that they were five magical. feet tall. It's just, and okay, they magical. took over the whole fucking club. And to this day, it's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Uh, Janelle Monet is one of our the greatest performers of our time. If Absolutely. you all have not been listening to her music, you really should um, recommend Art Android. Her album, second album, really good. So good. So good. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> getting back to this though, Tessa Thompson, uh, apparently based her character her performance for valkyrie on sarah connor from terminator 2 judgment day (laughs) what and i see it i can that makes sense actually absolutely also side note uh kate blanchett took this role of hella in this movie because her children told her to i love they're all big marvel comics fans and apparently kate blanchett prepped for this role by training in capoeira because why not why not why fucking not galadriel knows capoeira Sure does. Okay. So, hold on. I'm catching up on my... Oh, uh, Thor has been flown with Scrapper Scrapper 142 into a building. Boom. We're back on Asgard. It's Hela. Uh, She (laughs) is addressing an audience, we think. We don't see them yet. Yeah. Uh, She's definitely uh, voguing on a stage. Yeah, and she's Uh, all, it's come to my attention that you don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Which should be the most terrifying line. (laughs) Okay. Like, please don't, please don't explain to me. I'm scared. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. But she does introduce herself because the camera pans around and we see that she is addressing all of the Asgardian military. Yeah. The, all of it. All of it. The Navy, the ships are up in the air, the soldiers on the ground, everything. And she says, I'm Hela, Odin's firstborn, the commander of the legions of Asgard, the rightful heir to the throne and the goddess of death. Oh, Okay, and God bless them. 
the Asgardian legions form up like they're going to fight her. Yeah, and she's all, my father is dead, as are the princes. You're welcome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She legit thinks that these people are happy to see her. Yeah, and she actually says that. I thought you'd be happy to see me, but you know, she know. she's talking about how at one point in time Asgard was the rightful ruler of the universe, and she's here to reclaim that mantle and to take Asgard into a new age. Asgard's the Asgardians say "fuck you," and then there is a fight. Right, but here's the thing: this script is smart enough to not burden this villain with a complicated agenda. Yeah. She has a very standard issue supervillain agenda because there's so much else going on in this movie. We don't need complication. Kate Blanchett is good enough to bring the nuance uh, to the character without it having to be like a super complicated thing. She really just wants to take over the entire universe. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, so she's like, you guys want to do that? And then the last remaining companion, because Lady Sif is I don't know where, uh, but the last remaining companion... Is there. And it's Hogan. Yeah. And Hogan's like, whoever you are, whatever you've done, surrender. And she's like, I just told you. Did you not (laughs) listen to a word I said? And in my notes, it says, yeah, men don't listen when women talk. Oh, wow. There it is. Um, So, yeah, there's a big ass fight. She just fucking slaughters everybody. It's a brutal fight. Yeah. And the CG does get a little iffy here. Yeah, it's it's a Um, lot. It's a lot. But I forgive it. Um, and she gets to the end. Everybody's dead except for Scourge, who's looking a little shook. <laughs> um, and Hogan. Hogan's still a little bit alive. For, uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, look at you. You lived. Uh, but then she fucking kills him. So Bad. Like, kills him bad. Impales yeah. him. Yeah. Sir, Scourge looks a little conflicted, but what are you going to do? Meanwhile, we see a mysterious someone in a cloak is climbing the cliffs up to the Bifrost Gate and steals the sword key. Dun, dun, dun. So, meanwhile, Thor is on a Willy Wonka boat ride of horror. Uh, that is actually the inspiration for the scene. Um, they play the music. They play the goddamn music. Uh, yeah. Uh, take a, one of Taika's favorite movies of all time is the original Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. Um, with uh, Gene, Gene, ooh, with Gene, Gene Wilder. Yeah, not, not the other one. No. We, I don't even know that one. Um, and nope. um, uh, his favorite scene from that movie is the boat scene where they do the crazy tunnel thing. As a kid, mm-hmm. I, that scene gave me nightmares. and so It was fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. Because like, the happy, jolly candy man suddenly turns into somebody who is gleefully watching everybody be frightened. <laughs> and like, now, now this is very threatening. Um, but Thor is on a floating chair that is going through bizarre sci-fi cosmic tunnel action. And instead of Gene Wilder saying, and no one is be knowing where the boat is going, uh, instead of all that, uh, he is hearing a woman giving him a monologue about Sakaar. And she says, surrounded by cosmic gateways, Sakaar lives on the edge of the known and the unknown. It is the collection point for all lost and unloved things. Like you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, here you are loved and no one loves you more than the Grandmaster, the creator of Sakaar, the founder of the Contest of Champions. You are the property of the Grandmaster. Prepare yourself. (laughs) Everything gets super intense. Thor just starts screaming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Thor is sitting in the middle of a room just screaming. He's not in the tunnel of terror anymore. And once again, I I broke down and had to excuse myself with the movie theater. (laughs) This movie was brutal to watch with people. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. For me. Um, Um, Thor has been brought before, before whom, Christopher? 
The Grandmaster! Ah! AKA <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Uh, let's not kid ourselves. This is fucking Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum plays Jeff Goldblum. Yes. I don't care. Yes. Jeff Goldblum's fucking wonderful. Jeff Goldblum is now in the MCU. And I'm yes. here for it. Um, so the thing I love about this, and I'll get to Jeff Goldblum's resume in a second. I found some behind the scenes stuff where he's talking about his character. Now, most actors will talk about their character like it's another person. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum speaks about the Grandmaster in first person. Of course he does. He's like, I've been alive since before the Big Bang. I am 14 million years old and I can't be killed. Just like my brother, Benicio del Toro, the collector. Yep. Yep. What? Uh, so I've shown you that picture before, haven't I? What? Uh, so it, when you go in the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in, at Disneyland, um, there is a painting of the Grandmaster and the Collector playing some oh, kind really? of chess game together. And the no, you've never shown me this. Um, I, I uh, Google uh, everybody. Google uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride no, Grandmaster. That's too long. I'm not typing all that. Uh, I'll send you the picture after this. <laughs> okay. I have sent you the picture before, I swear to God. Um, yeah, but, but it's me. But it looks like they were playing a game, but the Grandmaster got pissed and like kicked the, the board off. <laughs> and so the painting... He's very mature. Yeah, so the painting is like the board and the pieces are flying. Grandmaster look, looks pissed and the Collector has a nice a big smile on his face. That's awesome. So are they are the Grandmaster and the Collector actually siblings in the comics? Uh they are both elders, so uh oh. uh I'm looking at it right now. Do you not already have the Grandmasters? Well, I'm looking for the term that they use, but they are celestial uh they are celestial, so like are celestials and elders the same thing? Uh Species, because I thought uh, celestial elder, is the giant thing that that nowhere is in. You're correct. Elder they're both elders of the universe. That's their specific species. That's fucking crazy. Which is weird. Uh, he yeah. made he. By the way, Grandmaster made his debut in the Avengers number sixty nine, October nineteen sixty nine. <laughs> nice. Uh, created, nice. Created by Roy Thomas and Saul Busima. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, but yeah, he is known as the master of games. He likes to create insane uh, stadiums and steal superheroes and pit them against each other. Nice. Seems like a pretty standard antagonist if you just need somebody to grab your superheroes and put them in a different setting and fight some shit. Yeah, and he does that multiple times. He, he makes yeah. his appearance. He gets bored and kidnaps the Fantastic Four, uh, Spider-Man, and every character that ever, Spider-Man ever interacted with. He even that's, did it to Galactus once. That wasn't a good oh, idea, though. No, that seems ill-advised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy eats planets. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of the Grandmaster, who in this instance... We will refer to him as Jeff Goldblum, but let's be real. It's the Grandmaster. Um, he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yep. I first saw him in Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> <laughs> as a very sexy alien who steals Gina Davis's heart. Y'all, young Jeff Goldblum. Look, Jeff Goldblum now is is amazing. And yes, my pants, if my pants were not already off because of, of Kate Blanchett and Tessa Thompson, they would be off again because it's Jeff Goldblum. Right. Like, hmm. But young Jeff Goldblum? Seriously? Yeah, oh my God. He was, he was devastating. Absolutely fucking devastating. Um, um, yo. I, I will say um, I lost all attraction to him in The Fly. Well, he does turn into a fly well, monster. A, a fly monster, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it came back when I saw Jurassic Park. 
Yep, that'll do it. So yeah, he is also the iconic Dr. Ian Malcolm in all the Jurassic Park movies. He has well over 100 credits dating back to 1974. So let's just do all the movies that start with the. (laughs) He was in The Right Stuff, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, The Fly, The Prince of Egypt, The Life Aquatic, The Switch, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and upcoming, he has The Liar and The Price of, of Admission. Strong, uh, strong recommendation on Disney Plus. There is a show called The World, according to Jeff Goldblum. It is fucking beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's not on his acting credits. Uh, no, it's, it was a documentary show, so nice. he's just being himself. But there is an episode where he tries to LARP, and he gets really um, into it, and it's fucking nice. hilarious. Like I felt personally attacked the whole episode, but um, it was great. Nice. Very cool. Okay, so uh, here we are before the Grand Master, uh, and he's just fucking weird. Yeah. Because he's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He's fucking weird. And he's sitting on a throne, and he's got he's got Scrapper 142 on one side and uh, another lady on the other side of him. And he's like, and he's looking at Thor, and he's like, oh, he's so impressed. And he's like, oh, I just, oh, Scrapper 142. I love it. And whenever we get to talking about Scrapper 142, and he turns to Topaz, and he's like, What do I always say? She is the, and it starts with a B. Trash. <laughs> and the Grandmaster's like, no, that's it. were you just waiting to call her that? It doesn't even start with a B. And she goes, booze hag. <laughs> booze hag. Uh, Topaz is the third prong in the attack on my presumed heterosexuality. Yeah, I love Topaz so much. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> She's so... Like, everybody's so hot, but Topaz has got a little extra something-something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good. It's real good. Anyway, uh, he apologizes. He's like, no, God, I meant to say best. <laughs> Not any of that. She brought my beloved champion, and now she brought this. What is this? And she says, this is a contender. Oh, contender for what? Oh, uh, hey, but apparently we... he's worth 10 million units. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about Topaz real quick? Yes, please. God, there's so many characters. Um, I know. Uh, Taika. I am in despair. I know. Yes, I, I know. know. Uh, so Topaz, there is a big divergence between the Topaz in the comics and the Topaz we have in the movie. Uh, yeah. Basically, in the comics, Topaz is a sorceress. She made oh. she made her debut in Werewolf by Night. She's not. Oh. Uh, she's more so a supporting character in Doctor Strange. I think she has an Indian background as well. Mm-hmm. There is no relation. Like she has uh, empathy, telepathy. She's never worked for the Grandmaster. Never worked for the Grandmaster. She also huh. studies demonic magic. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, hey. She made her debut in Werewolf by Night, Volume One, Number Thirteen, January nineteen seventy four. So it's interesting that she got pulled into this as, as this character. It's just Topaz in name only. There is no relation. I haven't seen all the way through Werewolf by Night, so I don't, I don't recall if she's. They've in just it. done the one. So. I know. I know. I was. She's I, not I, in I, it. I fell asleep. Yeah. So. Oh, bless. Okay. Topaz is played by Rachel House, uh, who is from New Zealand and has worked with Taika Waititi before. Yep. So here she is. Um, this is the first thing I ever saw her in, but I but you've heard her before. I've heard her before and you've heard her before because she is the voice of Grandma Tala in Moana. <laughs> she is the voice of Moana's grandma. Love her. <laughs> She's actually done a lot of animation voiceover, um, and she is in the live-action Cowboy Bebop, which I love. She plays Mal Yenrai. And she is also in the upcoming Time Bandits, which is written and directed by Taika Waititi. I can't wait. 
Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I love her. I just am. My pants don't get to stay on for this whole movie. No, no. Nothing. You're naked the nothing. whole time. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of the body you think pants cover. Well, I'm just, I'm naked. <laughs> like, the pants is just a waist down situation. So wait, you keep the shirt like, on during? While I'm watching a movie? Also, the <laughs> pants are metaphorical. It's not literal. <laughs> oh, I actually take my pants off. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you and I have a different relationship with movie watching. <laughs> I'm a very visual, uh, tactile person. Okie dokie. So yeah. Scrapper142 takes her money and leaves. I'm just going to gloss right over that mental image. Uh, and <laughs> and so the Grandmaster's like, so who are you? And Thor's like, I am the god of thunder. He's very restrained. So he has to like really strain and he gets his hands up and he's like, thunder. And all of his lightning is just little sparkles on his fingers. Yeah. And the Grandmaster's like, ah, sparkles. Like, oh, god damn it. Again, we've escalated the power level dramatically because Thor up to this point has been about as strong as it fucking gets. Right, right. But now we've got a guy who thinks he's adorable, like a clumsy puppy. Huh. Holy shit. Like, what? Right. Okay, okay. We're all having to reevaluate and calculate here. Uh, Thor and us. Because goddamn. Anyway, um, so Thor is confined to a floaty chair. Uh, right then, Topaz is like, um, we found your cousin, and brings in another guy in a floaty chair. This is cousin Carlo. Yep. By the way, floaty chair, I'm not making that up. That is what these are called in the script. Yep, floaty chairs. That is a floaty chair. If you are currently strapped in a floaty chair, you are a floaty chairin. Anyway, uh, so Cousin Carlo did something to offend the Grandmaster, and the Grandmaster's like, it's okay, I forgive you, I pardon you. From life, and then he uses his staff to fucking liquefy Cousin Carlo. And uh, Thor's reaction was the best. Was like he was like disgusted, shocked, horrified all at once. Going, and he said, "Oh my god!" Like that. And I loved it. <laughs> and like the smell. And the Grandmaster turns to Topaz. He's like, "What's that smell like?" And she goes, "Burnt toast." <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we get a lovely introduction to the Grandmaster. Uh, apparently, he's a DJ. Yeah. So. He's DJing, and he's he gives Thor the rundown on the contest of champions, where a bunch of people unwillingly participate in blood sport uh, for the Grandmaster's amusement, and Thor gets to uh, join the new cast, uh, my my new friend. And Thor says, "We are not friends, and I don't give a shit about your games." Again, Thor's cussing. Yeah, what's happening? Well, he's a little pissed, and he says that he is Thor of Asgard. And the Grandmaster says what we have all wanted to say every moment that Asgard has ever been mentioned in the MCU. Asgard. 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 And if you haven't been tempted to call it Asgard, we can't be friends. Right. In fact, Sorry, I believe I, I accidentally did call it Asgard when we were talking about the first Thor movie. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That seems like a, a you thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would have done it on purpose. Yeah, I know. I know. It's different between you and me. Anyway, um, so who else is there, though? Well, it turns out, and this is, okay, so the, you'll recall the first time Thor walks walks into Asgard and sees uh, fake Odin. Odin is drinking and eating grapes, right? Mm -hmm. So for the second time in this movie, uh, <laughs> Thor looks over and sees Loki, who is socializing with other people on this really nice-looking couch, and he has a fucking martini. Yeah. And yeah. That is a ding on the goddamn it Loki counter. Right. 
In fact, I missed a few. Uh, the community theater production about his own heroic death. Ding. God damn it. Loki. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, right here, spotting Loki. Ding. God damn it. God damn it, Loki. God damn it. There's more coming, but yeah. <laughs> so Thor is like, Loki, you're here. Loki walks up and he's like, don't fucking talk to me. I don't know you. <laughs> God damn it, Loki. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> Thor is like, where the fuck is your chair? And Loki's like, I didn't get a chair. I actually have charisma and I talked my way into the fa- into having favor with the Grandmaster. And I love that they're whispering this whole conversation. Yeah. And Grandmaster's right there DJing. And, yeah. and so he's like, hey, why are you two whispering? Do you know each other? <laughs> <laughs> Loki's all, no, I don't know her. I've never met this man in my life. He's my brother. Adopted. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, the Thor is like, "Look, I just want to, I just want to leave, and I just want to go back to Asgard." And the Grandmaster is like, "Okay, you can if you beat my champion, you will win your freedom." Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Thor's like, "Fine, point me in the direction of whoever's ass I have to kick." He, again, he's cussing. Yeah. Uh, and the Grandmaster's like, "Oh, the direction's right this way, Lord of Thunder." Boom! Thor is getting tossed into a filthy, weird hallway. Hate it. Hate it. Blah, blah, blah gross in here but my favorite person one of my favorite people in the entire I MCU love him. Here. oh my god well two favorite people um yeah only one of them for me okay <laughs> I like thor me. gets up off of this filthy floor and he turns to pound on the door and he hears a voice from behind him go hey 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 take it easy man he turns around and it's a giant fucking rock dude what yeah he introduces himself. He's Korg, and this is Meek. Meek next to him is like a a grub, yep. a giant yep. grub, yep. Yep. insect, in a mech suit with knife hands. Yeah. One more time. It's a giant rock dude standing next to an a giant insect in a mech suit with knife hands. Correct. What's the problem? The fucking the fucking. What? <laughs> Look, it's been weird up to this point, but we have taken a sharp dive into it, all the real weird. It's escalated quickly. Yeah. Very for quickly. Sure, for sure. Uh, so that is Korg and Meek. Korg is the rock guy. Meek is the grub with the knife hands. Korg is played by Taika Waititi. Of course. So, hey, let's talk about Taika Waititi as an actor. Oh, my gosh. He's from New Zealand, so he did a lot of shit in New Zealand. He had a role in the Green Lantern movie, which I never saw, and I don't regret that. I just remember Ryan Reynolds being mostly naked in his underwear, and it was nice. Okay. I think that might have been the high point. It was at the beginning of the movie, so there, there was a lot of... Uh, yeah. All downhill yeah, from Yeah, pretty much. Um, he's, uh, of course, in What We Do in the Shadows, which he also directed. He is in Jojo Rabbit as Adolf, which he also directed. He's also in Lightyear with Chris Evans. I love that movie. Uh, he's in Free Guy. Uh, he has a cameo in the Suicide Squad as the original rat catcher. He is <laughs> IG-11 in The Mandalorian. And he has an absolutely beautiful performance as Blackbeard in Our Flag Means Death. Yes, yes. Oh my god, that show. And here, his whole character for, for Korg, uh, the way Korg is like huge and, and heavy and, and made of rock and everything, but has this really light, light and, and sweet voice, is based entirely on an actual person. That, that Taika Waititi encountered is a bouncer 
a big Pacific Islander bouncer who was just a huge intimidated person, but he was always like really sweet and trying to talk people down out of situations and stuff. Uh-huh. And he had this really high pitched voice. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole inspiration for Korg here. Well, Korg is also an actual comic book character. Nice. Would you like to hear about it? Of course, go. <laughs> so this is weird. Korg is a uh, was first made his debut in Journey into Mystery number eighty three, June nineteen sixty two. He was a Cronin, whatever that means. Uh-huh. Uh, he lived in planet Saturn, and he decided one day, "Hey, let's go ahead and invade Earth." Oh, so he's a bad guy? Uh, well, that's the thing. Um, he was part of an invasion force. He was actually a scout. He showed up, Thor beat his ass, and then he went away. His character wasn't used for a very long time, and then they decided to incorporate him in the Planet Hulk story in oh. 2006. Okay, so that explains his presence here then. Right, right. Also, uh, let's talk about Meek. Oh, God, there's more? There's Meek? Yeah, okay. Meek. Also, uh, he is a character from the Planet Hulk series. He made his debut Incredible Hulk Volume 2, number 92, in February 2006. He's also, uh, he's not quite a, I mean, he's a villain, but like, not really. He was a native, so... Is he a grub with knife hands? Uh, he is, yes. Well, he's a four-armed grub. He actually had one arm cut off at, at some point oh. early in his war career. But yeah, he's an insectoid being who has a really bad attitude. Uh, the the joke they make uh, in the movie where they're talking about how ridiculous it is that there's a three-pronged spear, but it would probably be good for vampires if three of them were standing in a row. You know, that, yeah. that joke? That's the weapon Meek uses in the comics. Huh, I thought it was just a What We Do in the Shadows reference. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. I mean, it could be that too, but I know I saw... I found it's a, efficient. It's I efficient. found a bunch of pictures of Meek and he's holding that weapon in the, in the pictures. Amazing. And I'm like, really? Amazing. Taika likes Thor's comic books a lot. Well, good. Yeah. He should. Yeah. So uh, Thor is like, oh, hey, hi, I guess. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, and it turns out Korg is in there because this is like the holding pen for gladiators when they're not in the, the games. Uh, and Korg is there because he tried to start a revolution, but he didn't print enough pamphlets. So nobody showed up but his mom and her boyfriend, who he hates. The weirdness in the script has also escalated. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh God damn it. Thor, is, Thor is like, fuck this and tries to run around. He returns uh-huh. back into the location. So there's a weird space time thing happening in this chamber. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Corey says, ah, yeah, no, this whole thing is a circle, but not like a real circle, more like a freaky circle. <laughs> okay. So my other favorite moment of this uh, movie where Thor is like, so who's fought the champion? And uh-huh. Corey's like, Doug has. And he looks over. He's like, oh, Doug's dead. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> because what? everyone, everyone who fights the champion perishes. Yeah. And Thor's like, well, I'm going to ch- fight the champion and I'm going to win and get out. And Korg's like, that's what Doug used to say. See you later, new Doug. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, for the last time, at least the first time I saw this movie, I had to excuse myself. It just, <laughs> this movie just broke me so hard. It's so good. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Asgard, uh, Hela and Scourge are walking through the uh, throne room slash great hall. It's littered with corpses, like you do. Hela is bemoaning the fact that nobody remembers their own history or knows who she is. She looks up at a ceiling mural that is a family portrait of Odin, Frigga, Thor, and Loki. And she's like, look at these lies, garden parties and peace treaties. And she's like, Odin, proud to have it, ashamed of how he got it. Yep. Well, whatever do you mean, Hella? Well, she'll show us. She throws some daggers at the ceiling. It cracks. It falls. And we see the old ceiling. So he didn't, Odin didn't have the old ceiling painted over. He just put up a different ceiling. Yeah. 
Which is practical, really. Which uh, it was very vaulted before he had, you know, he had the space to work with. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool, cool. But on the old ceiling, we see a portrait of Odin and Hela. So this is like pre-Frigga, I'm thinking. Yeah, it has to be. Which makes me wonder who Hela's mom is. Hmm, maybe revealed at a later time? Oh, but they are like riding in unstoppable armies. Hela, Odin's riding his fucking six-legged horse. Hela's riding a giant wolf. They're conquering everything. And then she's like, but I got to be too ambitious for him. So he banished me and caged me away forever. And then she tells Scourge that Asgard's warriors used to be honored and buried as heroes underneath the palace. And it says in my notes in all caps, gee, I hope the goddess of death doesn't do anything with all those warrior corpses, but also I kind of really hope she does. (laughs) Well, you're in luck. (laughs) Yeah. So they go down into the famous vault of Asgard. Oh, my God. And Scourge is like, oh, Odin's treasures. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest issues uh, for uh, a lot of Marvel canon people was the fact that they showed the Infinity Gauntlet uh, uh-huh. in the first Thor movie. Uh, yep. So they correct that real quick. Uh, she walks up because back then they didn't know they were going to do that. Exactly. Uh, no, no, no. The MCU is 100% planned out completely. Yeah, no, it's not true. Uh, it's just it's not. It's just not true. Uh, so she, she looks over and goes fake and just pushes it over. And there is your correction for canon. There you go. And that's, yet again, another reference to making fun of the previous Thor movies. Um, And she starts walking through this vault and starts making fun of shit from the previous Thor movies. She walks past the fucking blizzard box from the first Thor and she's like, weak. And then something else is smaller than she thought. She looks at the Tesseract, which has the space stone in it, by the way. Yeah. And she's like, "Mm, that's nice. (laughs) She's like, that's not bad, but this. And she goes to a bowl full of fire. And she's like, the eternal flame. Immediately, my brain, is this burning an eternal flame? (laughs) (laughs) The bangles for the win, y'all. I went the same place. Get the fuck out of my head. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we both went there right then because I know a great deal of our audience is too young to know what the fuck just happened. God damn it. Uh, and it, I hope that confused and baffled you all. Uh, it's on Spotify. If you don't know Bengals. Just look at fucking the Eternal Flame by the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, she scoops up a handful of the fire out of the bowl, manifests a war hammer in her other hand, and starts cracking open the floor beneath her feet. Then she looks at Scourge and she says, Want to see what true power really looks like? A reference to Avengers when Loki was like, gaze upon my true power. And Nick Fury was like, well, if true power wants a magazine or anything, let me know. (laughs) And then she does a backward swan dive down into the cavern, which is full of skeletal corpses laid ritualistically to rest. Yay. Including a giant wolf corpse. Yep. And she's like, Fenris, my darling, what have they done to you? With the eternal flame, you are reborn. And she like slams it to the floor. It's magic. She's got a zombie army now. Yep. One of which is a giant wolf. Hey, hey. Steph, would you like to know about Fenris Wolf in the comics? <laughs> I would. I'm so glad that you have to work as hard as me today. I know, right? Uh, Fenris Wolf made... Its debut in Journey into Mystery number 114, January 1965. Uh, Fenris Wolf is a creature of Asgardian dimension who is said to be an offspring of Loki. What? Huh? Huh? Look, look. In Norse mythology, Loki 
Loki's the father of a lot of things. Loki is a kinky guy. I just hope he's yeah. I just hope that wolf consented. Um, uh, you know, he was also very charming. <laughs> Look, technically, the six-legged horse that that Odin was riding around on is also a child of Loki. I see. In Norse mythology, I don't know if it's the way it is in the in Marvel, but well, there you go. Uh, very cool story. So yeah, so go. that's that's Fenris. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Okay, so Hela and her zombie army, we leave them on Asgard and we go to Sakaar. Thor is kneeling in the dirty gladiator hallway. And he's finally taking a moment to, I don't know, mourn his father. Yeah. Shit's been happening so fast. So fucking fast. And so he's sort of, he's, you know, giving Odin last Viking rights here. And he's like, What should we mourn with rejoice? Those that have died a glorious death. For those that have died in glorious combat or whatever. Died a glorious death. There it is. Loki's there. Well, not there, there. Kind of. But there, yeah. But he is definitely there to taunt Thor. Because he's like, oh, it hurts, doesn't it? Being lied to by your father, like your whole life. And that sucks. God damn it, Loki. He's, yeah. God damn it, Loki. Look, the God damn it, Loki counter is fucking broken for this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just ding, 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 ding. It's just going off the whole time. Thor looks at Loki and throws a rock at him. It goes right through him. And it goes right through him. Right, because remember, Loki has illusion magic. Oh, nice. Trickster God. Right. And Loki's like, you didn't think I'd really come down here and see you. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong. And... He's like, hey, so Thor, how about I convince the Grandmaster to let you out of here and then you join me and then, I don't know, some unfortunate accident befalls the Grandmaster and then you and I, thumbs up. He's trying to convince Thor to help him murder and take over. Yeah. Sakaar. Yeah. And God damn it, Loki. Yeah. And Thor is like, dude, I'm going back to Asgard. We need to save Asgard. And Loki's- Actually, Thor doesn't even talk to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lo- uh, he just keeps throwing rocks at him. Yeah. Thor is pissed and just like throwing at him. And Loki is demanding that he says something. Because mm-hmm. this is kind of not like Thor to not say anything, I'm sure, at this point. Right. Like, but Thor is well, done. Right, you know? Yeah. He's fucking done. Because he's like, what would you like me to say? You faked your own death. You stole the throne, stripped Odin of his power, stranded him on Earth to die, releasing the goddess of death. Have I said enough? Or would you like me to go back further than the past two days? Ouch. Thor's so fucking done with Loki right now. And I, I find it, it's interesting that we're going through, like, Thor's stages of processing this situation with Loki. Like, at first he was cautiously amused, and then he was furious and blaming Loki. And now he's just like, you fucking suck. I'm so exhausted by you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, but let's talk about the before that, the faking of the death thing. That's uh oh, yeah, yeah. And then the, uh, the New York thing. Which also caused the trigger of the Ultra thing, Ultron thing. Like, yeah, uh, Thor has been cleaning up Loki's messes for a while, since forever. Yeah, yeah, always, always. Mm-hmm. And like, he's just he's just exhausted by it, and that's great. Um, so then uh, he ultimately uh, here's the thing: Thor in this scene is very he's taking this seriously. Like, Chris Hemsworth is playing Thor. Like, he does have his comedic moments, but he's playing Thor as somebody who is seriously in this situation. Oh, yeah. There's a vibe about it, because particularly now that we've got, like, the Korg and Meek of it all, and the Grandmaster, and everything's getting weirder and weirder, there is a vibe around Thor that reminds me of the Muppet Christmas Carol. 
What? Where, god damn it, I just lost his name. The guy who plays Scrooge. Oh, shit. Kane? No. Yeah, Kane, but, like, what's the rest of his name? Michael Kane. Okay. Where Michael Kane is the lone human surrounded by all these Muppets. Yeah. But he's still completely playing it straight, interacting with them like they're perfectly normal. And he's and he's doing that. That's what Thor's doing here. He's the Michael Kane, and everybody around him is a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. But he's still he's still playing it straight, right? Like he's he's still he gets some some punchlines in there, but he's dealing with all the punchlines that are flying around him. And he's having to sort of roll with it, rolling with the punchlines, as it were. Uh, it's fucking great. And I think that is a brilliant choice on Chris Hemsworth's part. Yeah. Well, that's what like, take, that's what take is so good at is mixing right. the hilarious hilarity with like seriousness. Um, mm-hmm. There was one episode of what we do in the shadows that was completely bug nuts off the wall, but it had so many moments of like there, there, there were real like emotional moments mm-hmm. of seriousness sprinkled in. And it's just like, how good is he? How, how effortlessly effortless is this for him? Well, it's because he at no point has that he doesn't have a moment where a character like winks at the camera like the characters are not aware that they're in a ridiculous situation right right like they're they're dealing with it as it is before them like this is their reality and i think that's fucking great and that's that is a unique take on the humor because like the humor that we saw in guardians of the galaxy and ant-man some of it was a little nod and wink yeah you know like isn't this funny you know it's funny look at him he's a tree you know (laughs) but here no they're he Thor's mourning. He's grieving and he's angry. Yeah. And he's about to have to go fucking fight this champion, whoever the hell that is. And, but then at the end of this whole scene where Loki finally goes away, he like throws a big rock and Loki goes away. And then Korg comes running in and kicks the wall and says, piss off ghost. <laughs> Just to bring us back to the weird. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. It's a very interesting uh, sort of comedic stylistic choice, but let's move on. Shall we? So Thor and Korg are picking out their weapons in the gladiator green room uh, before they go into the fight. Uh, and Thor is wistful about his hammer. Yeah. And how he really misses his hammer. And there's a gag in here that I felt the need to explain because I had to have it explained to me. Oh. Because I'm not Australian. Okay. So Thor is describing the hammer and how he would like twirl it around and it would, and it would make him fly. And Korg is not understanding the mechanics of that. He's like, so did you ride the hammer? No. Did the hammer ride on your back? No. The hammer would pull me off. And Korg is like, the hammer pulled you off. And like, no, the ground. So pulling you off in apparently in Australian slang is a hand job. Correct. I didn't know that. Korg was imagining Mjolnir giving Thor a hand job. Yeah, uh, uh, and now so are you, uh, so, everyone who can hear me. <laughs> yeah, so I was in Sydney. Uh, I was talking to some guy, and he's like, "I'm only into pull-offs," and it's like, "What the fuck does that mean? Like, is that a <laughs> is that a clothing item?" And that's when I, that's how I learned it. And oh, that would be how you would learn that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Korg is very sweet, and he says, "Sounds like you had a pretty special and intimate relationship with this hammer, and losing it was almost comparable to losing a loved one." Ouch! And just like that, I love Korg. Right. Because he's the first one who's acknowledging, like, how much that hurt him. How much that hurt Thor to lose Mjolnir like that. Like, Loki mentioned it, but only as a, oh my god, hell is too powerful for us. Let's not go back to Asgard. Let's stay here and take over Sakaar instead. Right, right. You know? Right. Anyway. So, uh, Thor spots Scrapper 142 off to the side, on the other side, like a laser fence. She's at the bar. Yep. Being 
awful to people. And Korg is like, oh, yeah, Scrapper 142, you got to watch out for those Asgardians. She's Asgardian, huh? Thor says. She's Asgardian. <gasps> so Thor goes over there and he spots a tattoo on her arm. That means that she was in the Valkyries. Yeah. On Asgard. And then he gets super awkward trying really hard to be feminist about it. Yeah. He calls so her over happened? and he's like, I like women, but like, you know, not like su- super weird. And it gets long and uncomfortable. It gets weird. And hilarious. Yeah. Um, she's just giving him face and she just informs him, you know what? No one escapes this place. So you're going to die anyway, which is right. That's nice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he's like, fuck. Um, and he gets zapped and taken back for processing to go into the gladiator ring. Oh, my God. Processing apparently includes getting a haircut from Stan Lee. Yep. Uh, this part was horrifying. So at first I was like, oh, it's Stan Lee. And he's like, now don't you move. My hands aren't as steady as they used to be. Um, and then uh, Thor declares, by Odin's beard, you shall not cut my beard. <laughs> his hair, but yes. Oh, his hair. Uh, and then... Stanley activates this thing and it is fucking horrifying. It is like yeah. something from a Cthulhu story. It's like a multi. It's, uh, it's like a bladed egg beater with 900 pieces. It's bad. It's horrible. And then Thor's reaction is appropriate and totally justified because <laughs> he's screaming, Oh, please, God, no. You know, please don't do that. He's begging. <laughs> don't. I'm so sorry. Anyway, we cut to a giant fucking stadium. It's like six tiers high. There's ships flying above it, watching Valkyries up there. Korg and all the other gladiators are watching from like the gladiator box. Loki is way up in a luxury box up high, watching the whole thing go down. Of course. And the Grandmaster appears as a giant hologram in the middle of the stadium, announcing that the fight is about to happen, and I bring you the Lord of Thunder. Watch out, he's got sparkles. <laughs> um, the crowd boos, but we get a look at... The new and improved, improved, I said it, Thor. Oh my God. I, I love the haircut. I love the haircut. I love the I face. I love, love it the all. Haircut. It's good. Is it a little haphazard and slapdash and weird? Yes. Yeah. Is it amazing? Yes. Uh-huh. And I also uh-huh. appreciate the uh, short-sleeved, uh, sleevedness of his outfit. I. Yeah. So Chris Hemsworth uh, put on like 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah going into this and they focused mainly on chest and upper body and arms because that's what was going to be mostly visible and i'm here for that yeah i support this yeah um so congratulations on your hard work at the gym sir uh there's a big dramatic announcement build up to the champion and we should have seen this coming even without the trailer that showed us what this was because there are green pyrotechnics going off there are people in green waving green flags in the crowd and the gate opens and the Grandmaster is like, I give you your incredible. The Hulk comes out. Oh my God. And he's yelling Hulk. He's into it. He's fucking loving this. Yeah. Yeah. He's into the professional wrestling uh, nature yes. of everything. He's in full like gladiatory. He's got a couple of giant fucking weapons. He's in gladiator armor. And Thor sees Hulk and goes, Yes! And Loki sees Hulk and goes, I have to get off this planet. Fuck away right now. Yeah. And everybody in the crowd is chanting, Hulk, Hulk. Thor turns to the Grandmaster's box and goes, We know each other. He's a friend from work. Yeah. And Loki Loki looking pale as a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, well, he should. So that line, we know each other. He's a friend from work. That was, again, because a lot of the dialogue is ad-libbed. There was a kid, a -a Make-A-Wish kid visiting the set that day 
And that kid actually suggested that that be Thor's line in reaction to him seeing the Hulk for the first time. And so that's what made it into the movie. Thanks, kid. And I think that's fucking great. So Thor's like trying to chat the Hulk up and be like, oh, I lost my hammer. Everything's crazy. Loki's up there. Say hi. Banner, I'm so happy to see you. Hulk looks at Thor, looks at the crowd, looks back at Thor and goes, no banner, only Hulk. The fight is on. Oh, shit. Yeah. And is it just me or does Loki look legitimately concerned for Thor? Uh, of course, he uh, he absolutely. And also for himself, well, but concerned for Thor. Uh, could, quick, he knows what Hulk is capable of, right? He's absolutely. experienced it. So yeah, he's definitely fucking concerned. I would be. Well, And he, he already taunted Thor earlier in the hallway by saying that he bet against him. Yeah. So he's like, don't let me down. But now, like, there's a strong possibility that the Hulk is going to do something terrible to Thor right now. Yeah, and Loki's already having that guilt. He had that guilt on his face with, when they saw Odin. You know, this right. is like Loki turning somewhat of a good so, guy. He's so fucking complicated. And he's not a good guy. No. He, he's just got, he's, he was, you know, I feel like that's the Frigga in him. Yeah. Because he was a mama's boy. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. And so like, he's he's got... There's some good in there. It's just under a lot of really complicated, selfish, egotistical layers, um, which is why he's so goddamn appealing to a lot of people in the fandom. Yeah. Because I can fix him. I want to fix him. With my vagine. <laughs> With my moose. I personally yeah. I personally do not feel that I can fix Loki. Um, I, I, I do find Loki attractive to a certain extent, um, but it's just he's he's not my guy. Right. I fully support people who who are Loki stands though. Like I see why. He's just not my guy. I'm a Loki stan. Yes, dear. Anyway, <laughs> what I love about this fight, and we're gonna go through this quick because it's a lot and it's brutal. Um it's I love that they're evenly matched. Yeah. Yeah, it could go either like, way, right? Like here this was hinted at in Avengers. Um and we haven't really seen them like con- in conflict since then, but they're they're really fucking uh, evenly matched and at one point Thor actually lands a solid hit on Hulk sends him skittering around the ring and the Grandmaster's all <gasps> I, I I feel like this fuck? is I feel like this is a great fight that really demonstrates super strength um, yeah it, 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 you have two people super strong they go balls to the wall again Marvel is not holding back anymore so we get to see mm. something like this in, in full glory so when I rewatched this with my friend uh, they were like you remember when we saw Superman, Man of Steel, and, you know, Superman versus Batman, how ridiculous the scenes were because you couldn't see shit and they're always too dark right. and mm-hmm. they always just like, they're super powerful and in some ways they displayed that okay, but there's almost like they were ashamed of it, but they were ashamed of it. Right. They, like they, they just, they, they tried to obfuscate it a lot too. And I feel like the Hulk Thor fight just did a much better job of demonstrating super strength. Mm hmm. And it, because it's so casual and natural, right? Like they're they're not they're not showing off. They're not like observe me lift this building. That's not a thing. They're just this is how strong they are. They're just fucking punching each other as hard as they can. Um, at one point, Thor has completely rung Hulk's bell, and he's he's groggy and dazed. And Thor starts walking up, and he's like, "Hey, big guy." <laughs> So, the sun's getting real low. <laughs> Look, I don't blame him, but I also love that we're we're fucking shitting on Age of Ultron. Yeah, because fuck that fucking movie. God damn, it doesn't work. Uh, no. He does. He reaches out the hand. Thor reaches out the 
Hulk reaches out the hand to touch him and then grabs his hand and boom, 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 slams him into the floor, just like he did to Loki. And Loki stands up like, that's how it feels. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking good. At this point, Thor's like, screw it, and starts honestly trying to beat the shit out of... He's trying to beat the banner out of Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Basically. And it's fucking fisticuffs. They're out of our, they're out of weapons now. They're just going punchy punchy on each other. Hulk gets Thor pinned to the ground and just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. And Thor's eyes start to light up with lightning. Mm-hmm. And he gets a vision of Odin standing on the shore in Norway staring at him. And then a lightning bolt explodes out of Thor and launches Hulk the fuck off of him. Love it. The whole crowd's silent. Yeah. And Thor Thor stands up. He's looking impressive. And then people start to cheer him. Uh-huh. Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. He charges at the Hulk. He's all lightninged up. It's a big boom. Thor leveled up. Yeah. Big time. And, you know, I feel like if you're being pinned to the ground by the Hulk... And you're not there for sexy time. I was about to say, uh, tell me more of this being pinned down by the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah, can we, there's got to be a fanfic out there. (laughs) But if you're being pinned down by the Hulk and you're not there for sexy times, you either die or you level up. Those are your options. Yeah. So uh, he's about to hit the Hulk again and it's not going to be good. He's going to fucking kick the Hulk's ass. You know who knows that? The Grandmaster. You know how I know he knows that? He shocks Thor and knocks him out. And So that the Hulk can win. Yeah. And then Hulk does one of his most classic comic book moves. He just jumps way up into the air. Hulk mm-hmm. smash! And it's yep. not Boom. it's not going to be a good day for uh, Thor. Uh, Korg says, another day, another Doug. Another Doug. Yep. Meanwhile, back on Asgard, Hela is annoyed in the thorn ro- throne room. Excuse me. Hela is annoyed in the throne room. That's what I was trying to say. There's a thumping noise outside. And she's like, Scourge, what the fuck is that? And Scourge is basically like, the peasants are revolting. (laughs) Not everybody is really keen on the whole hell is in charge of things. Uh, She weighs a hand at the zombie soldiers that are around. They apparently go deal with that. Nice. And eventually the thumping noise stops. So people are dead. Yeah. And Scourge looks conflicted about that. But he doesn't have time to deal with that because hell is like, so Scourge, tell me about yourself. She's doing that middle management thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, he starts to talk, and she's like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, what's your ambition? Right. <laughs> she's trying to skip to the part where she... She's like, I don't care about who your dad was. Yeah, Tell me yeah. about what you want to do. And he says that he, uh, you know, he just wants a chance to prove himself. And she's like, hmm, recognition. Yes. You know, back in my day, kings had an executioner. Not just to execute people, but also to execute their vision. But mainly to execute people still it was a great honor (laughs) (laughs) galadriel why are you so funny i know right (laughs) damn it uh turns out she was odin's executioner yeah absolutely oh okay and now she's offering scourge the chance to be her executioner and she like manifests a big axe for him and hands it over thus he takes the job time to go conquesting Yay. We're going to con- conquer the fucking all the realms. They are marching. Scourge and Hela and all of these zombies down the Bifrost Gate. They get there. The sword key is gone. Oops. Dope. <laughs> so she's furious. She turns to Scourge and she's like, go round up all of those peasants that were revolting earlier. Yeah. Go get all of them. Cut to 
the forests of Asgard. Mm. A group, of, an Asgardian family is running and they're being chased by zombie soldiers. Apparently they're part of the roundup. And then one of the children runs smack into Heimdall's sexy ass. My God. Sir. Um, Idris Elba, can you just, he stop? He stopped just getting better and better, please, why, because I can't why, take it. Why is this movie so hot? I just got my pants back on. <laughs> there they you go again. You those Velcro rip-away ones, so easy just to put on. Easy to yeah. Magic Mike pants. Magic Mike God. pants. <laughs> anyway, uh, Heimdall. Heimdall is the guy that we saw earlier stealing the sword key to the Bifrost Bridge. We know because he uses it to destroy all of these zombie soldiers that are there. Nice. Fucking kicks all the ass. And then he leads this family through a magical fantasy setting forest along some cliffs into like his mountains and stuff. And then there's a giant magical door and he does magical door shit to get it to open. And voila, Heimdall is hiding thousands of Asgardian refugees in this mountain hall. Wow. I love him. I love him so much. I love him so much. Anyway, we're going to call it there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Woo! And we'll talk more huh. about Heimdall next time. Yeah. God, Idris Elba. Sir. All right. I'm scrolling back up through my notes to see if I missed anything. I did. Okay. Um, one thing. In the original script for this movie, there was a romance between Valkyrie and Thor. Oh, no. No, no, no. And I believe this, that was originally written by the other two guys by... Uh, Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost, mm-hmm. because I have a quote from Eric Pearson explaining why he cut it. Okay. He cut the whole romance out. He he says, I was like, let's give Valkyrie her own story that connects with Thor. And if it makes sense for them to get together, then great. You've got two really good looking people who can fight and who probably be good together if the story went there. But it just didn't. It became more about mutual respect and also dealing with her PTSD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric Pearson, for recognizing that a female character has a place in a story other than to be smooched and cuddled by a male character. <laughs> Appreciate that a lot. God damn it. Anyway, uh, so that's. Have you got anything else for the first half of. No, I, I fucking love this movie and I cannot wait to talk about the second half because. The second half is going to get. Crazier. Fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be fucking great. So. But I do. I, um, so there is one thing I really want to quickly touch on. We're going to talk more about it next time. But this is also okay. the beginning of Marvel using certain stories to prepare us emotionally for the pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's a here's a little apocalypse. Yeah. Just as a as a treat, as an appetizer. It's a, it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a comedic apocalypse. So it's okay. Yeah, right. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, we have nothing else for the first half nope, of Thor Ragnarok? Nope, nope, All right. Nope. Are we ready to outro? I am. Cool. I'm going to outro now. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you and all that you do, that voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We're on all the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. Also, you can subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast (laughs) platform of choice. Subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends about us. Also, did you know that we have a swag store? 
uh, I'm sure you do. I, I've talked about it yeah. before. Redbubble.com forward slash official divas where you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers of all the funny shit we say as well as logos from our show. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a YouTube channel. If you search for Dark Side Divas, uh, you will find our YouTube. We start. We just kicked off season two of, of uh, Unleashed, which is our video show. It's also a live show, so you can actually interact Ooh. with us and stuff like that. We're going to schedule another one very soon. I can't wait for it. We do Star mm-hmm. Wars stuff and Marvel stuff on there. Uh, and then, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast. You'll see video versions and unedited versions of our shows listed right there. We also do special one-off episodes of different things. Uh, we have a Discord community that is super awesome and amazing. And that is it. That's it, but that's a lot. Joining our Patreon gets you all kinds of really cool shit, you yep. guys. Five bucks it's a month. A and as Steph said on our YouTube show, I'd fuck us too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right, so are we done? Yeah, we're done. Amazing. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. bye. We love you. Hey, so we we discussed about uh, speaking of ShamWow, we uh, <laughs> we tried it out. Oh, it does not work well as well as you would think. You Do know, the viscosity a little too high. It's uh, you know how you like if you've ever actually spilled like I don't know cake icing and let it melt a little bit on your kitchen uh-huh. counter, and then uh-huh. you're trying to pick it up with like a piece of uh, writing paper. That's <laughs> that's what it's like. You're just kind of like pushed uh-huh. it around and it's kind of just spreading it everywhere and if it's on bed sheets it's, then it becomes very difficult to get out you know i appreciate you like going to the testing facility on this one uh because now i know and i don't i i will not be purchasing a shamwell for my sexy times cleanups yeah at least uh, and we got the we got you can't name you can't blame the brand we got the actual shamwell we we bought the brand Okay, but will will it recover from what you tried to use it for to be useful for other things? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, good. It does. Good. It does work on other things. It's just it's it's resilient. It's too thick. It's too chunky. That's what they say about me, <laughs> and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh.